It's time for Mac Break Weekly. Yes, I'm back in town with details about the Twit Cruise. We'll also find out where Rene Ritchie got to. In his place, Jason Snell, Andy Anako, Alex Lindsay. Lots to talk about. The M2 Mac. Is it the best computer money can buy? Or is it a Dell XPS, really? Apple's saying, get ready, there's economic headwinds. Apple results coming out Thursday. Jason will break down what to expect. That and the official, original, very first Apple computer prototype, the Apple A. It's on sale. Would you like to buy it? I'll tell you the price next on MacBreak Weekly. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is MacBreak Weekly, episode 828. Recorded Tuesday, July 26th, 2022. Was not here, man. Backbreak Weekly is brought to you by ZocDoc. With ZocDoc, you can find the right doctor for you in your network and in your neighborhood. Go to ZocDoc.com slash MacBreak and download the ZocDoc app for free. Start your search for a top-rated doctor, many available within 24 hours. And by Hover. Whether you're a developer, photographer, or small business, Hover has something for you to expand your projects and get the visibility you want. Go to hover.com slash twit to get 10% off your first purchase of any domain extension for the entire year. It's time for Mac Break Weekly, the show where we cover the latest news from Apple. Thank you so much uh, to Micah for filling in for me. He filled in, right, last week. Um, thanks to Jason and Andy and Alex for showing up, even though I am, uh, well, you might tell, a little bit congested from the Rona, Lady Rona. Hello, Jason Snell, uh, sixcolors.com. Hello, still how a are you? Un- still a unicorn. Not great. I like your studio. <laughs> it's the first time I've seen your backdrop with all those antiquated Thank mechs. You. And it, is that a 2CI behind you? Uh, no, let's see. What do is I that have? A Mac back there? Or 2C. I have an Apple 2C. I have 2C, a, a, okay. a Bondi iMac, a G4 iMac, uh, a studio display of the old kind, a Cube, and of course the original Mac. Is that the original there. Mac and Classic there? People the were asking if they run, and that's why it's on. It's is, uh, th- there it is. <laughs> Don it, booted. It, they all run, but that one I booted today. But the lava lamp does not. <laughs> the the Max, lava lamp the is on work. a smart switch, Leo, <laughs> and so I will. I'll turn it on momentarily. Yeah, but you know what's wrong with lava lamps. Uh, they heat. That takes a while for them to start lavaing. It it does. Way. I I really am. Uh, you have am to think ahead with a lot. You have I, to plan ahead. <laughs> I do. Which is your favorite of those six computers behind you? Oh geez, I mean the G three iMac sort of saved Apple, so that would be high on my list. Yeah, I think Bondi Blue too. The original. Uh, you can't, and I think the G four is actually the um, the G four iMac is. I think the best designed the lamp ever. The, yeah. the, the luxo yeah, it's lamp it's just a beautiful yeah. beautiful piece of art yeah very yeah. nice somebody in the in the discord says it's a snowball mac i guess it is <laughs> i always think of it as like a volleyball sawed in half is basically what it is it's wilson wilson or just will maybe not some andy anako from wgbh in boston hello andrew Hello. Yeah, I, I love your backdrop, Jason. It's also because you've got them set up in kind of a grid, so it's almost like you've got like a Mac Hollywood Squares going. So it's like, okay, I'll take, I'll, I'll take the Apple two C the block. Is the Apple two C the Paul Lind of the? Yeah, it's basically the Paul Lind. 
And isn't it terrible? Uh, just isn't it terrible that G4 iMac people are taking taking them apart to make desk lamps? Oh. It's like, oh, oh, please don't do that. It's inspired by a desk lamp. You don't need to turn it into yeah. one. Also, Alex Lindsay from I'm going to start saying zero nine zero dot media because the pedants, the internet of pedants, say I know I went to o nine o and nothing's there. Zero <laughs> nine zero dot media office hours dot global. Hello, Alex. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, you, you shamed me. You said, oh, because you got a couple of weeks ago. You said I was better than three hours. It's been a few six, more six hours. hours. Six, six hours. It's been a few more hours for me. But it wasn't yeah. too bad. Thanks to being uh, vaxxed and boosted, I, uh, I, I didn't. Uh, it was like a cold kind of. But uh, still, you know, and I'm sealed just for people who want to know. I, and it, you might look a little different. It kind of looks like the old days of Mac Break Weekly. You remember yeah. those, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm sealed in my main, in my little office here with a, a triple box of you guys behind me. You look good. We're, we're like we're, we're like Neapolitan ice cream for tech printers. <laughs> that makes you the vanilla. Ooh, I take chocolate. <laughs> and then that Alex is a strawberry. Perfect. I, I am pretty much strawberry. <laughs> uh, I have to apologize, though, because before the show, I should have come in here and, uh, and uh, completely cleaned the room and removed the Linux Penguin in front of me, the Altair 8800 in front of you guys. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, it's got the blinky lights. I love that. It thing. does. It is. Are you kidding? You know what it's doing? Blinky lights are amazing. I have the I have the program that I run on it, it here. This is uh, called a game called Turn On the Kill Bit, and then <laughs> nice. I think you're supposed to flip switches and stuff. But I have the I have the instructions. By the way, completely appropriately on a Newton message pad pad of paper. <laughs> turn on kill bit. Switch stop up. Reset up. Switch one up, all others down, aux one down, left aux, and then it starts playing the game. It's uh, lucky for you that's a Newton message pad piece of paper, because if it was an actual Newton message pad, none of those words would have made sense. <laughs> Farm. <laughs> Zing, take go that, for old hardware. <laughs> oh. Let it go. They did their very best. It was ahead of its time, It Jason. did its, it was. the best that it could. If By it, the way, if people haven't been watching For All Mankind on Apple TV+, Plus, oh, yes. season three is set in the 90s, yes. and they do all of their video chats and stuff on, on Newtons, because the idea there is that the technology has advanced a little faster than in our timeline. And it is such an, a great Easter egg. It's all Newton message pads with little like video things on the top. And they, it, secretly, it's like an iPhone inside. But uh, it's in terms of the world, the Newton is the iPhone, basically. It's hilarious. It's so cool. It's so cool to see it. <laughs> and some somebody must have suggested, oh, but you know what would be really accurate? We could have a palm trio in a cradle because it could actually do that. Oh, wait, 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 what, it's a little too mean? early. It's just a little what too early for it. So they security with everything in my desk in a box. I, I love, they, they, there's a, on Twitter at least, I, I saw an interview with one of the production designers and they did, one of the things they had to do is figure out what would a Newton video conferencing module piece of hardware look like? And it's kind of like a Connectix quick cam or something, but in Newton black and it just kind of like lives on the top of the the newton shell i love some that that is somebody's job i love it it's amazing <laughs> no, no it, it, it looked to me it looked almost exactly like the camera you could get for uh, for uh, a game boy or a little bit like a yeah. trio uh, yeah. uh, trio cartridge yeah so, yeah it was, it was, it was amazing it was, so the newton it lives was, it was so, lovely to see someone start, try to say, <laughs> what if Frog Design continued to make really cool handhelds? Because now I'm like, gee, I've, I've, if, someone made, if someone made like an iPhone case that looked like Frog Design 1993, 1994, that's $40 I would find some money for. So 
this is a real camera though, right? So because they because they can do the or are they using the Apple camera? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it depends on how they're... Or, or are they shooting it... It's TV, right? So they might even it's be TV. shooting it yeah. separately and compositing it on there. It does they work, though, as you go can to see the trouble. from this shot. Yeah, it looks chunky. Yeah. It looks chunky, just like a Newton camera would look in a scenario like that. It's, yeah. I, I love that. It's That's just such a great piece of work. This is a picture so, uh, on uh, Apple Insider shared by uh, Ben McGinnis, who's a producer and part of the team. Showing the most the unlikely product placement on an Apple TV Plus show you will ever, ever see. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that wild? Wow. <laughs> but you know what? They did that for us. Yes. They did. They did. There's a well, lot of stuff like that. A lot of Easter eggs in there like that. They knew we would. Uh, it's a Newton Message Pad 120. Best use ever. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a connector on the top there that you could slot things into? I mean, that's... That, that, would, have, that would have been like a PC card slot uh, yeah. on the top there. Well, so yeah, there would have been there would have been something that could plug, they could slide something into. Although those, all those, although that was mostly used for external storage, you get a, a fax board for it. Uh, so yeah, I think I, I think though the the argument would be that how could would Apple approve any other device but some sort of an Apple <laughs> that is Apple TV that right? It is Apple yeah. TV. So they said you can't have an iPhone, but you can have a new. So yeah, this is the Message Pad One Twenty, and you you nailed it exactly right. There's a uh, it's protected, right, by a release of some kind. Uh, there's, there's, yeah. a, there's a little ejector on the side of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck getting it working. Oh, the lock—it's locked. Now I can eject, and this is the dummy card it came with. Yeah, it says, "Keep this card in your communications assistant when you're not using another card." Copyright 1993, Apple Computer, <laughs> made in California, designed by weirdos. <laughs> That's cool. That's fun. That is not news, but hey, this is a light news week, as it will be for some time. Um, let's see. What we can talk about, I guess, is that the uh, quarterly results are coming out. Jason, you fired up your Excel spreadsheet. You've got your finger poised over the colorize button. Charts, 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 charts. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, to be For the record, I use numbers because numbers make beautiful charts. Oh, of course. What am I saying? Charts. Did I say Excel? I actually, I, I am apologize. one of those weirdos who uses Excel, numbers, and Google Sheets for different tasks. Uh, but for charts, I use numbers because the charts are pretty. No, yeah. tra- numbers charting engine is you, really nice. What do you use Excel for? I use I use sheets and, and number and keynote uh, I, numbers, but I don't I don't I, I, I just use I find a, the I just export to somebody I, pivot I tables, find, baby pivot tables. Uh, <laughs> you know I'm I'm not an Excel expert, but I I learned on Excel, and there's so many things that I'm very comfortable doing right. in Excel. That, and then I get into numbers where they've got the kind of arbitrary, like if you're on a canvas and there could yeah, be a spreadsheet yeah, yeah, on the canvas like or many spreadsheets on the yeah. canvas, and I'm like, look, all I want to do is some really quick logic here in a spreadsheet, and that's what I use Excel for. And then just to answer the question, Google Sheets is mostly for collaboration when I know I've yeah, got a bunch yeah. of people involved. Yeah, me too. And that's like, like for example, Mac break weekly where we have a Google we work sheet in sheets that's right yeah, yeah. that's our totally rundown. makes sense yeah so, so what do you, you guys use, use automated go ahead Danny. what do you are you still using apple script automated or even moved on to the the, the modern alternatives uh, I actually have both. So for, when I do my charts, they do. Uh, I post them on the web like super fast. I put in the numbers and then they're up on sixcolors.com um, real fast. That is an Apple script still on the Mac. I have a shortcut that actually runs on iOS that does the same thing. So at some point, I'll probably switch. I think. 
I, I'll have to see in the next version of Mac OS because they're supposed to be speeding up shortcuts if the shortcuts will be faster than Apple Script. But either way, basically, it takes a PDF and sections it up into little pieces and uploads it to my for website. For extra credit, and, I want you to write yeah. a Python script that scrapes the Apple website for the numbers. Oh, man. So then Imagine. there's no entry at all. You just push a button. It goes... Yeah, it's a challenge because that stuff comes out in a PDF. There's, so no, gotta, there's no API, is there? <laughs> yeah, right, right. But I would love, to, I would love to do that. It's not someday. exactly structured data, but still, yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Uh, the th- Thursday will be the quarterly results. Of course, this is not a, a, a great a quarter in general. Although there, there are new Apple computers to talk about, right? Didn't did the uh, MacBook Air get into the? Uh, no, no, not it in just this missed quarter. it. No. Just the 13-inch Pro yeah. in this quarter. Yeah. And they, they remember, this is the one that three months ago they waved the, the sort of the warning flag and said, we're going to, due to supply chain issues and a lack of being able to fulfill demand, we're going to fall, I think they said, 4 to $8 right. billion dollars short of what we could have sold right. in a quarter, which is, that is a real powerful warning sign that they're going to have a, a rough quarter. Plus, it's a tough, what they like to say is a tough compare, a uh, little jargon there. Uh, and the idea is that last last year they had some good product releases during this quarter, and this year they didn't really. So, you know, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be rough for Apple, which is not to say it's necessarily going to be rough. They're still going to make a lot of money, but they have waved that warning flag that this is going to be a little bit, you know, because they can't make them fast enough, basically, to sell them. It's not a bad problem to have unless the people who would have given you $5 billion walk across the street and buy something else instead. This from Mark Bloom, Mark Bloomberg, <laughs> Mark Bloomberg, uh, Mark German in his Bloomberg column a couple of days ago. Analysts predict revenue will climb by 2%. But that's uh, you know not very fast compared with the thirty six percent jump they saw in the third quarter of a year ago. Revenue expected, and by the way, Apple does they do they still sandbag the analysts by downplaying and then exceeding. No. They don't no, do that there was anymore. A, there was a time. I get the feeling. I get the distinct. As somebody who sits on those calls every time and does the charts, I get the distinct feeling that somebody at. Uh, a government agency came yes. to Apple and said, "Your your forecasts are <laughs> BS. Yeah. Uh, don't do that anymore." And yeah. they did some like rejiggering. And since then, their forecasts have actually been pretty close. They're not obviously they're not exact, but they've been pretty close. However, what happened with COVID is that the moment COVID hit, they said, "Oh, the world is in a turmoil. We can never predict," yeah. and they stopped giving guidance altogether. Yeah, all of this because the SEC and the, you know the government and other agencies want. Uh, investors to have accurate information and Apple, uh, you know, can't mislead investors. They're putting their money in. Uh, Revenue expected to come in around 82.7 billion iPhone around a little under half that according to German and the analysts. Services now up to 20 billion. Again, we'll find out what the facts are uh, on Thursday. But this is what the company warned. As you said, four to eight billion dollars because of supply chain issues and Chinese lockdowns. Uh, third quarter had last quarter that is or third, I'm sorry third quarter of last year had a lot of pandemic induced spending uh, which w- kind of boosted Mac and iPad sales don't expect that this time around um, many customers held off buying the MacBook Air while they waited for the new model which as you said uh, does not show up in this quarter's results and then of course there's a bad economy we're in the middle of a recession you know and blah 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 so and in the bottom line is they're gonna they're gonna do well <laughs> they're gonna fare better than all, than most uh you know in in any kind of downturn uh i think they're probably gonna 
fare pretty well, but they, uh, um, but it might be a little slower than normal. Yeah, but it's, I don't even know if they'll go into a loss. I think they'll just be growing yeah, slower. Exactly. Yeah. Third quarter every, is never a big quarter anyway. So yeah, right. And, and this may even be. It's it's possible this will still be Apple's best fiscal third quarter ever. Wouldn't that be hysterical? Even with all, all of this, yeah. and that's what I mean when I say, you know, rough for Apple is not really rough. No. Uh, German has a bunch of new products. He says, I still think Apple will be able to bounce back fairly quickly. Uh, for one thing, it has a flood of products on the way to tempt even recession-wary shoppers for iPhone 14 models, a new Apple Watch SE, and Apple Series 8. And we'll talk a little more about this high-end pro Apple Watch that's been rumored. Updated HomePod, new Apple TV. Ooh, I need a new Apple TV. They seem to fail pretty quickly. Updated iPad Pro models with M2. A low-end iPad with USB-C, finally. A revamped Mac Pro. That's going to be this year, right? But it might be December 31st. Long-anticipated mixed reality headset. What do you guys think? Is that going to be this year? Uh, Not this year. I'd be surprised. Next year. Next year. Uh, Larger 15-inch MacBook Air. New M2 and M2 Pro Mac Minis. That, I think, is reasonable for this year. Upgraded AirPods Pro. Yeah. They, yeah. they do have until the end of this year if they're going to keep their promise to at least announce a pro. They can announce it. A, a, Mac, yeah. a Mac Pro, yeah. yeah. Because they said last year that by the end of this year, they would have refreshed the entire line for Apple right. Silicon. So that's the yeah. only pursue remaining to drop. So uh, let's talk about this Pro Watch that <laughs> there's been a lot of rumor <laughs> about. Uh, and and that German is kind of doubling down on in this, uh, in this newsletter. Um a high-end Pro Watch with a larger display, longer battery life, perhaps multiple days on one charge, he says, via the new low-power mode, which no one will want to run. <laughs> a body temperature sensor. Okay, well, fine. Um, the high-end model, a good bit bigger, he says. I'm told. Now, so this is not speculation on his part. This is from his sources. Good bit bigger, big enough that it might only appear to a subset of customers. Hulk Hogan and the like, I guess. Seven <laughs> yeah. percent larger. That's a little bigger. Uh, it's a saltine on your wrist. A saltine on your wrist. The device will have a fresh look. A fresh look. First mm-hmm. update in the design since uh, the watch uh, came out in twenty eighteen. Yeah, it would be very very interesting if they decided to take the Apple Watch in the same direction as they have with the iPhone where they're going to have a, a pro or a top, top, top model that will have all of the new hardware and the new features first and then in a year or so those features will become table stakes for all of the other models that go underneath it. Uh, we haven't seen that yet in the uh, in, in the Apple Watch but if they were to say if if I'm intrigued by what they could do if they simply said look here are here is what we, if internally they said, "What? here's what we could do if we made the watch a little bit bigger. Here are a couple of sensors that the only reason why we can't put them on the watch is because we can't fit them in their current configuration right now. If we were to make a larger watch that would definitely be require uh, a lot of uh, it would be definitely be a statement piece more so than the uh, than the current watches we have but we could still now we can get the temperature sensor in there now we can get uh, a limited blood pressure reader inside there and we could have a a battery that would last two or three days then we'd start comparing with the lifespan of, of fitness watches that would be interesting although it would be a shift wouldn't it there are some people i'm sorry to say i'm one of them will buy a high-end anything from Apple yeah. if I can afford it. So this will yeah, have uh, they, titanium, oh, so it's more rugged. Yeah. 
A lot of them, a lot of them, a lot of folks say, well, it'll be a limited number of people. And generally, Apple is just proven that the limited number, it's the higher half. end of this or the higher end of that, is usually <laughs> yeah. the hardest one to get. We're yeah. like, oh, what do we, how do we turn yeah. this to 11? So, yeah. 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 You'll I, buy a limited say, number like, for, again, for Apple. I, I think it's funny. Mark uh, Gurman, when he did this report initially, he was a little more vague about it. And he was like, oh, they're going to do a sports version. And yeah. I, I think a lot of us were thinking, well, what does a sports watch look like? And it's probably just a ruggedized Apple watch. But he did this little pivot where he got more information a month or two ago where he started talking about it more as a pro watch and if you think about it that actually like andy said it kind of makes sense that it goes with the pro max kind of philosophy which is well what if we did a bigger watch so instead of two sizes there'll be three sizes we can get more battery in there if we do that and then you talked about nobody's going to want to use the low power mode but i have a friend who uh went out hiking and he wanted you know one of the use cases for these sports watches is um, to take them out if you're going like on the Appalachian Trail or something, you're going out from or camping and you want to, uh, you're not going to be able to recharge it every day, right? And the idea that you could, that one of the selling points of this might be also a, a new mode inside watchOS that lets you put it in this lower power mode where it'll last combined with its battery for many days and you can still do some fitness logging and it cranks down the how often it does uh, sensor monitoring of you, um, but it's still available for emergency calling if you really need Need it like I can it, when you think about it that way, which is they might sell it with some adventure sport kind of features and say that it's got a new titanium formulation that's rugged. But when you're what you're really thinking about is it's kind of just a new high end Apple Watch with some new features. I don't know that rings more true to me than we're going to just take a a new Apple Watch and do a, a rubber version that you can <laughs> you know th- kick into the stream and retrieve it and the rock won't have cracked it like that is that's a lot less compelling than oh no we have a new fancy uh, expensive apple watch that is also rugged and if you look at the sports watch category i i came into it thinking because i've never had a sports watch of any kind uh, that it was like you know in the $300 range. And the answer is there are sports watches that are thousands of dollars. It actually does kind of make sense if Apple were to do a $1,000 ruggedized big Apple watch. Um, but they wouldn't want to just sell it to extreme extreme sports enthusiasts, right? Is that a category? They'll sell it to anyone who wants the biggest uh, latest, greatest Apple Watch. It shouldn't just be for people hiking the Appalachian Trail. What if I right. just, I might well, want to sleep but, in a few extra days. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's part of the narrative, though. Like, one of their stories, uh, look, I can picture the video now of somebody out on the Appalachian Trail who's had their Apple Watch, their new Apple Watch Pro on for five days and it still has battery. But you're right. I think that that's a Attacked by jackals. Nice, left that, yeah, that's bleeding. a nice... But fortunately, yeah, that's the extra right. battery can, life... You can use your voice dictation tower. to detail <laughs> like, all of the attacks. Yeah, like I can see that. But for most people, it'll just be, hey, it's a bigger nicer apple watch with bigger battery lying, i think you know lying in a ditch day three right. the watch is still going strong but i'm getting hungry i'm not but closing my rings down here it's the it's the it's the concept of uh you know um we were, we were looking at some jeeps and we were driving around it was the, the jeep thing down in corda madera and they were like i was like so how many people come back with like muddy jeeps and they're like how many <laughs> yeah, they buy the Jeep. Nobody they, buys a Jeep yeah, to go off road. Are you kidding yeah, it's me? Aspiration. Fifty five thousand dollars on a Rubicon or something. It always like that. cracks me up when you see these guys driving around town with a snorkel. Like, yeah, well, I might be in five feet of water, mate. You never know. It's not going to happen, dude. You're in Marin but, County. Come but on. By, by the same by the same token, 
I rarely see people who have their iPhones without it in some sort of a protective case. And that's true. They have they yeah. have a screen protector on top yeah, of it because it's fragile. So, so yeah, it's fragile. And, and to and to be fair to my own point, it's it is oftentimes a fashion thing where they want to distinguish theirs from others. But people acknowledge that there could be more protection. They're willing to give up some bulk for more protection. So I do. I have always liked the idea of having sort of a G-Shock version of the Apple Watch because. These things they do break and they do get scuffed and scratched up. And I've got a I've got a G Shock watch from Casio I've had for ten years that if you need to, it needs a new battery every couple of years. But I'll, I swim with I swim in the ocean with it, salt water without any thought whatsoever about whether it's going to survive or not. Whereas if it were an Apple Watch, yes, it ha- yes it is it does have a swimming uh, a swimming uh, health sensor health app mode, but. I'm not sure that I would trust it in salt water. And I've seen people complain that, hey, my, my, my watch died after an ocean swim. And what's <laughs> and the last thing it did was tell me exactly how, how, how well I closed my rings on my last swim before telling me, that, oh, by the way, I'm just, I, you just kill me with the salt water. So it's, it would be very interesting if they were to do that. I think there are people who would buy it. See, I, I have a G-Shock app. I have a watch. It's, it's called like it, a $30, $30 case. It's I don't called know. a case. It was yeah. yeah, it's a case. I, and mine, I swim in mine all the time in my pool. Uh, I don't have to worry about swimming in the ocean because we live in Northern California. <laughs> that, that would be absurd. Um, so the... Uh, the um but i but I do think that you know some of these rough ones i I know that I've taken you know this phone is loaded cost me two thousand dollars when the dust settled, and I've dropped it a solid three or four times, and I'm really glad it has a case on it <laughs> you know, so like it makes me very happy i I see it fall on asphalt and I go, oh, I'll just pick it up and it's just gonna be just fine well you know? also it is a it is a watch, and there are people who kind of would uh, they would be very very interested in a visual sign that they can afford the nine hundred or thousand dollar watch. They're not using. They're not using the same watch that uh, people might have bought three years ago for two uh, for two forty nine. It's, it's if there's a if there's an ego money sort of thing going on with watches as uh, as an as a fashion accessory. And I and I would put to you that there is. Uh, the, 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 there would be a disadvantage to the fact that I can spend uh, the minimum dollar, 200 bucks, for the cheapest Apple Watch, and it actually looks physically identical to the latest and greatest. And you, someone would have to look very, very closely to see that, uh, that it's not aluminum, that it's actually like the, the top-of-the-line casing. So that, that would be another factor. that if you, if you had the larger watch or something with extra detailing that made it more rugged, yes, part of the feature would be that it would make it more rugged, but another feature would be to show the world that yes you can afford the nine hundred dollar one. The, the 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 big downside of making it larger though would be it's already it's um, a phone is something you can stick in any pocket. Whether you're uh, what, no, no matter uh, no matter what gender clothing you wear on a wrist now it becomes a really gendered thing because. I mean, I've got I've I've got beefy workmanlike wrists from from Eastern Europe slash Russia. Uh, I can wear large watches and it doesn't look silly. But if I were to st- if I were to wear a watch that was like uh, that was like this big on my wrist, that would be a statement piece to be sure. So what do you do with people who have a very very slender wrist? And you now have this watch that is the premium watch has maybe has extra features, maybe has extra cachet, but it looks ridiculous on anybody but someone who has big big thick wrists. That's another thing that they have to be thinking about, I think. Although, let's not be sexist, because I know uh, plenty of women like chunky, big old watches. Um, so, I don't think you have to be an Eastern European man with hairy wrists to wear well, one. 
but yeah, but nonetheless, proportion is important in fashion. Oh please, so, no, it is. <laughs> really? <laughs> Come on, you don't you don't see women walking around with gigantic bangles or watches or I mean I I don't I think that that's a personal thing, not a, okay. uh, a no. I, I'm, 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 I'm not a saying that, I'm not. So, many I'm people not don't no want to have too big a watch on, men included. Right. But uh, I think that sometimes big is is fashionable as well. Okay. Anyway, who cares? It's not about fashion. It's about knowing what your heart rate is, <laughs> which is the by the way the lamest extra feature you could possibly add. Um, it's what what the your heart your heart rate. Oh, temperature. It's, I mean, temperature. Yeah. temperature. Yeah, temperature. I I I don't agree with that. I I think that. The idea there, and we don't know how they're going to implement it. I have my suspicions that, and actually Mark Gurman, I think in his report says, it's not going to tell you the temperature. It's just going to alert you if you're running warm. Yeah, that's, what, I, the, that's what the aura does. Yeah, I'm wearing. I, well, it'll tell you your base. It doesn't tell you what your baseline is, but it'll say, or you're plus 0.1, you're down 0.1. And right, that kind because of thing. part of that is that it's measuring your Effort. skin temperature, which is not your internal temperature. Right. So they, they would have to fake it. And can you imagine temperature gate if they faked it? Right. So they're not going to do that. But I think that there is probably value. Is it enough to buy a new watch? No, but to throw in this idea that the Apple Watch is going to watch your body temperature, and if you're essentially running hot for a little while, it may say, "Are you running a fever?" Basically, like you might want to, you might want to look into this. I think yeah. there might be some value in that. I don't think that's ridiculous. Yeah. But again, is that well, it's just one cumulative feature on top of all the others? It's not the must-have feature. There's a, there's a readiness value too. I know uh, for some athletes, it has to do with their. Red, you know their overall redness. I just think there's value in if you've got a sensor strapped to you all the time, you're not yeah. temping all the time, right? Probably unless you're trying to get pregnant or something, no, you're you basically not point. temping all the time. Yeah. And so to have your have that st- sensor say whether it's like your heart's doing something weird or or you seem like you have a fever or maybe even like your your body temperature is really low, you may have something going on with your circulation. Like I can see there being value in that okay. because oh, it's okay. it's passive, not active. Yeah, actually, that is why I wear the Aura Ring. Um, I was wearing it during COVID to watch for temperature changes. I stopped wearing it because it's hideously inaccurate with regard to activity. <laughs> it's not even close. And I'm wearing an Apple Watch, uh, but I've, you notice I've strapped the uh, Aura Ring back on because yeah. uh, now that I'm infected with COVID, I do want to kind of monitor my uh, temperature ups and downs. Um, so, you know, there is some... I agree with you, obviously. I'm wearing this silly I mean, there's, thing. Right, there's the, the way... I think Apple Watch sensor marketing is the most fascinating thing because it's highly regulated, right? It's like how Apple now has these features like the blood oxygen where it's like, look, 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 we're not saying... This is your actual check blood, your oxygen. blood oxygen. <laughs> don't use it for anything, but you can look at it, but don't use it for anything. It's just for fun. And and we use it to manufacture this weird number that is not a number not that really you use for anything yeah and this is gonna i feel like it's fascinating because apple really wants to stick this stuff in there but they have to walk that line between how do we market it and what will the fda let us claim about it and you get in this weird scenario where you end up with these super narrow it's like you can take an ecg but it doesn't tell you anything a lot of doctors (laughs) yeah a lot of doctors will say i'm not going to trust any of those Metrics. If you want a blood oxygen monitor, they're cheap. Buy one, put it on your thumb. If you if you want to test your temperature, take a, there's yeah, a thing called a thermometer. And that's why <laughs> I think the best place for them to steer the Apple Watch is, unlike all those things you just said, Leo, the Apple Watch is able to monitor you at all, all times. The time. So the, yeah. the advantage is really to look for trends and warn you and have you then well, go as, somewhere as else. As long as you don't oversell the capability. I think Apple is yeah, very careful, totally. careful about that. Yeah. And, 
And again, the, the, I think that the big thing is, especially with anonymized data on some of these studies, I mean, I think that the opportunity to learn things about there are trends that we see three months, six months in advance that lead to something down the road. And it doesn't matter whether it's precisely the right number. What it matters is reference to itself. Just seeing this this change mm-hmm. uh, means something, you know, and, and we don't even know what those things mean because we've never had a sensor on someone's on a tens of millions of people's wrists at one time to gather that data. And so, I mean, I think it's just invaluable to have as much data as we can get there as long as it's protected and, you know, all the other Like the blood oxygen thing, again, is silly in the sense of putting a thing on your finger and saying, you know, do I have COVID? Is it 99 or 92 or whatever? However, one of the ways they use it is they're using it to figure out your, with this weird metric, figure out your uh, aerobic that's fitness exactly level, right? right? And, that's and what they're I, focusing I, on. I started running oh, last year, and there is yeah. a chart that shows like yeah. you started running and your lung capacity improved, yeah. and that's based on that like long term over a course of like a year, looking at the heart rate, looking at how it recovers, looking at the oxygen rate and how it recovers. That's great, right? But that's what it's for. Yeah, because mine says I'm below average. I've been below average for a long time. I don't want to. What's your yeah. my mine says twenty five point two VO two max. What's yours? Do you know off the top? No, of your I don't. Head? I don't know. Health. Although I, I, I fell and bruised my ribs five weeks ago, so, so I haven't run in five yeah, weeks. So yeah, it's, it's. Yeah. I don't want to look at it because it's going to say, you know, now you're in bad shape. But I think this is risky, though. And uh, <laughs> I understand athletes, especially elite athletes. They, they there's a readiness scale that the the aura ring and other uh, athletic uh, instruments use. There's this uh, heart rate variability. There's some valuable stuff, but I also think it's risky about uh, getting too. Uh, to, yeah. to call even call, it's like Elon Musk calling it autopilot, calling it VO two <laughs> max. Let me it's tell a you, risky. If, if Elon Musk was regulated by the FDA, well, uh, it wouldn't be autopilot. That wouldn't be called autopilot. <laughs> the FDA is way more serious, it turns out, yeah. than the whoever's in charge of yeah. cars, right? Yeah. Like it's that's the case. Yeah. They, they, they have actual power to shut things down. Yeah, but the it's but that's that. But what Jason's talking about really is part of the secret sauce that Apple has to really hold on to because the the world the 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 marketplace has changed a lot since the Apple Watch achieved its dominance now you can get just a basic fitness watch that has all of this all of the most important sensors that Apple used to uh, used to tout as breakthroughs so if you want something that has oxygen sensing ECG uh, heart rate uh, max min all this uh, GPS uh, making phone calls uh, making making payments through uh, through the watch you don't even even have to get you don't even have to make the the incredibly dangerous motion of getting an android wear device uh which is still not just oh good oh goodness gracious it's a, it's a ghost of a watch but uh, but you can you can buy a fitness watch from garmin you can buy a fitness watch from fitbit for less than 200 dollars that will give you those basic things on a on a nifty color screen that and like and just like with the apple watch you won't be able to change the uh the the, the clock face beyond a couple of uh, very very simple tweaks so there's no big difference there too so I think what Apple has to do is until they can figure out how to put a sensor in there that nobody else has, until they can find some sort of a breakthrough application that hasn't existed before that's difficult to replicate, what they can do is simply say, here is a package. We've, we've, we've looked at this package of data we're collecting for you, and we're going to give you the, the happy face uh, blob or we're giving you the skeptical face blob. And if it's the skeptical face blob, maybe cut down on the salt today and maybe take an extra walk uh, when it's actually giving you you the sum total of a lot of different sensory readings that are telling you, just as Jason said, you're we're, we can't we can't give you the the numbers that you probably couldn't understand anyway. But we're telling you that whatever you're doing, you're doing good. Keep it up. 
Well, and, and again, I mean, the biggest thing is, is that because you have sensors all the time, it's like when you're trying to lose weight, you, you know, you can weigh yourself every day, but that's not very accurate. You know, there's so many things that are going on. You have to weigh, you know, you have to look at it week to week to week to look at those, those trends to see whether you're going the right direction or not. And I think in the same case, I think one of the big advantages that Apple has, again, is like those other watches, is that except that it's also tied into your Apple ecosystem, you open up Apple exercise and it all pops up. I, by the way, I was showing my wife the the Apple fitness thing and they just keep adding videos. There's so many videos, like every section. Yeah. She's like, does it have Pilates? Yeah, it has 270, you know, videos of Pilates. And it does and same thing with yoga, same thing with strength training. And they're shot so well. You know, as a production person, it, it it makes me want to use some, you know, so I've been, I've been using like little five minute, 10 minute ones and they, they've been, uh, they're really good. And, and again, they're all tied into the whole thing and they track it. And there's definitely other things that do that. Just not many things that do it as integrated. And that's always Apple's advantage is that you have a single experience that's just kind of all part of the package. All right, let's, speaking of health, take a break. Come back with more Mac Break Weekly is on the air with Jason Snell and Dianotko. Mr. Alex Lindsay, I can now go left to right because they're all in my little screen behind me. Our show today brought to you by, couldn't be better timing for this, ZocDoc. ZocDoc. Before you book any brunch, what do you do? You pour over the lists and lists of reviews, right? But why is it that you do less due diligence when you're booking a doctor, a physician, somebody for your health? With ZocDoc... You could see real verified patient reviews to help you find a doctor in your network, in your neighborhood, who has appointments and has great reviews. I mean, isn't finding the right doctor a little bit more important than finding the right eggs benedict? Well, maybe not, actually. I don't know. Eggs benedict are pretty important. But I think for your health, you owe yourself ZocDoc. And you know what's great? It's a free app. Costs you nothing. Shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed. Takes your insurance. And they're available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun. Whether you're trying to straighten your teeth, fix an achy back, get a mold checked out, or anything else, ZocDoc has you covered. We use ZocDoc because even though we have an HMO, sometimes it's faster and easier and better to go to an external dermatologist, for instance, to get that mold checked out. We had to do that just the other day. ZocDoc's mobile app is easy to use. Search find and book doctors with a few taps you can find and review local doctors read verified patient reviews from real people they're very careful by the way making sure those reviews are genuine real people with real appointments and they verify that and now when you walk into that doctor's office you're all set to see somebody with great reviews in your network who gets you who does what you want them to do go to zocdoc z-o-c-d-o-c.com find the doctor that's right for you book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule Every month now, millions of people are using ZocDoc because ZocDoc is on your phone. It's there whenever you need to find and book a quality doctor wherever you are. Go to ZocDoc.com slash MacBreak. Download the app for free. Z-O-C-D-O-C. You'll find it right there in the App Store. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Or just go to the website, ZocDoc.com slash MacBreak, and get a link to the App Store for Android or iOS and download that app. Zocdoc.com slash Mac break. Many doctors available within 24 hours. ZocDoc. Thank you, ZocDoc. Uh, back we go to Mac break weekly. We've now covered the entire story that I had prepared for this week. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> 
It's the summer it's... where nothing. I always refer to this as like the cruise. They introduced the betas at WWDC, and then we just got the long, slow cruise to September when the iPhones come out. I at least do... we got the new MacBook Air, but that was two weeks ago. Yeah, so well, that's oh, that's old hat. Has anybody? Did you? Anybody got the MacBook Air? Did you get that, Jason? Yeah, I, well, I mean, I got you probably review, talked right? about it so last I, week, right? So, so I'm yeah, not we gonna, did we did yeah. talk about it. Love Just, it. It's uh, it's real nice. Yeah, um, it's real you nice. Know, and I've always been a MacBook Air user since the first one, so yeah. really happy to have it. And nice to have MagSafe back. I Yay. honestly like it's such a little. I know people are like, oh, well, it's just magnets, whatever. It's like, well, first off, it means that my two ports are ports exactly. Now. Exactly. Having, I actually bought one of those little magnet things you stick in one of the ports to get your oh. fake MagSafe. And I bought many which, a dock with an additional power port so you can have it, right. you know. I mean, yes, this is that's the obvious reason for MagSafe. So yeah, that's good. I, I mean, why they got rid of it at all, I just, uh, no. like, let's not relitigate what what happened, you know, in the late 2010s for Apple laptops. It, but what a disaster. Does it it's run so hot? good to have it back. It, so here's iFix's teardown, which came out, uh, I guess... Exactly a week ago. I don't even know if you right. got to talk about it. As we week. were speaking about it. Yeah. Um, I'll give you the lead. This summer's M2 MacBook Air is looking like a Donna summer, as in hot, hot, hot. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, the wow. thermal, the whole thermal thing is so overblown. It's ridiculous. It's passive uh, these cooled. Are, we knew it would be. So was the, last the, year's. It, it, exactly right. And this It can run faster, which means it runs hotter. Apple put up that chart that showed that it runs faster and hotter at the highest end. The truth is nobody is using a MacBook Air to the point where they're going to kill it like this. And if you do, it'll throttle eventually. And it's the wrong laptop the net, for you. The net result, it's probably the wrong laptop for you. And what happens when it throttles? Well, guess what? It just runs a little slower right. until it cools off. Big deal. And the, the net is still faster than an M1. Um, I It does get warm if you really push it. You've got to really work hard to push it. But if you do, you will feel some warmth under there. There's no doubt about it. It's not going to burn your legs or anything. But that's the point here is that Apple Apple wants the MacBook Air to be a fanless laptop, and, and that's what it is. And if that's not what you want, like if you want more performance, you could get you could get the M2 MacBook Pro and it's got a fan. But honestly, it's not that great either you really should probably get wait, one of those really nice wait. 14 or 16 inch macbook well get or a 14 get an M1. 16 inch macbook pros are great yeah they're m1 pro m1 max they're way faster should than you, an m2 should you wait for the m2 uh macbook pros i wouldn't if no. you're if you want okay. a laptop right now uh, those macbook pros are great they're the 14 and the 16 they're fantastic i have they're the 14 faster. love it beautiful fine the wonderful. screen's better it's got more ports it's right it's got more it doesn't USB-C have 24 gigs of ram it's got it's got so much going for. Well, you can have the on the M2 or M1 Max and Pro, you can have way more RAM. Oh, did than, I get 32? Maybe I did. You're so, right. Never mind. Yeah. I'm sorry. I forgot. Yeah, there's so many reasons for that one. Yeah. So this is the this doesn't is have 48 gigs. Doesn't have 48 gigs of RAM. <laughs> I forgot. It's Definitely doubled. Not. It's doubled. Uh, somebody said there's a lot more air in the MacBook Air than we expected. Is it not a tight fit? I mean, looks like looks pretty looks, tight to looks me. Looks like they're not doing like the terraced uh, batteries of old, but you know. Here's the good news I, from yeah. iFixit: is they say Apple will be. They say they tell us sending us parts, so that's very good news. Apple mm-hmm. is going to stand by its uh, right to repair and uh, send parts to iFixit. So that's very, uh, very good. I think if you if you want a MacBook Air, this is a beautiful one. Did Micah get his? Did he get his? Did he mention? Did he get his midnight blue yet? Micah, did you get yours? Is the midnight blue? Uh, what color is it really? 
um, I, I haven't. I don't have one here, but I saw it in Cupertino. It is. Oh, they sent you black. This. They sent you it the is, They sent me star. I got no. I got. I got starlight. starlight. Uh, okay. uh, but but the midnight one. It, it looks black in most circumstances. But if there's a, a bright light reflecting off of it into your eyes, you can, you say, blue. oh. It's actually blue. That's just but what I want. It's super dark. That's exactly dark, what dark I want. Blue. It looks like it's black until it doesn't. And then there's a surprise. Ooh, it's blue. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So Micah did get his. I'll have to get him to bring it in once I'm uh, testing negative, and then I can rub I, it's my funny, hands all over. Watching the discourse this last week uh, about the MacBook Air, there was a, a Quinn Nelson who does YouTube videos, Snazzy Labs. Uh, did a video about it that I thought was really good, but I thought his criticism of Apple was fascinating because unlike so much of the criticism we see about things like, oh, God, it throttles. Oh, no, it's the end of the world. (laughs) Um, Quinn's criticism was that Apple, by following the design of the 14 and 16-inch MacBook Pro with this Air, which they've said in an interview with GQ that we talked about last week, that that was the idea. They're all of a family. They aren't doing what sort of like the original premise of the air was, which is try to make it as small as possible. And he brought up the 12 inch MacBook and basically said, look, this thing is so much smaller than the, than the, the new 13 inch MacBook air. There's more room here. And I know there are some rumors that Apple actually is working on a 12 inch laptop that would be more like that. But I like Quinn's video mostly because I think he, he's right. In fact, one of the things I thought when I opened it the first time is there's a lot of room on either side of that, that keyboard. You can just cut it right off, make this a much smaller laptop. And I, I agree. They The 13-inch M2 Air is really nice, but it is not Apple making the smallest laptop they could. It's not. That's I fine. think I think because of the screen. I think because most people would rather have that yes. nice 13-inch yes. screen, yes. and that's the gating factor. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but you know what you know what else has a really, really awesome screen? The 12.9-inch uh, uh, iPad Pro, and the, 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 one of the most desired... The iPad, my 12.9-inch iPad Pro with the M1 and, and the Magic, uh, Magic Keyboard is one of the most desirable computers that I've ever owned. But it's it roughly the same seated. size as the Air, isn't it? Roughly. Well, it's 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 thinner. It's flatter. Of course, it's square. Uh, and of course, the keyboard is appropriately Removable. flat for for <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But but you know but you know what? If if Apple were to create a true like uh, MacBook Air, which is no, we we are going to try to make this make a Macintosh as thin as light as uh, as as trivial to throw in a bag as possible. We want to kind of like make people. You know, do a double take at this. That would be a hell of a form factor to to make it in. And and they, I'm, I'm not I'm not suggesting this will break their uh, uh, break their promise to themselves to never ever ever do a touchpad uh, do do a, uh, a touchscreen based Mac. But it would still be having something that thin, that light, that 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 would justify only having the two ports on the side of it, one for power, one for data. That would justify having a micro thin uh, sort of keyboard. Make it really the. Make it make it so that every single Windows tablet just looks like a big old chunker cat uh, in, in, in comparison to it. Make everybody who plops this onto a desk onto a desktop just own that conference room table as having the most advanced, interesting, uh, and and focus attentioned uh, Mac on the on the on, on the planet. I mean, even if you even if you want to even go a little bit smaller, make it a ten point nine inch, so that now you're not even necessarily limited to a standard laptop bag to carry it in. That now a lot of just little side bags would fit it. I would love to see Apple really 
prosecute the concept of the MacBook Air, which is at the very beginning, we forget the first generations of these things. The the deal was, look, we're not saying that this is going to be the most uh, the, the most convenient Mac to use ever. We are. This is for people. This is not to replace the entire MacBook line. This is for people who specifically are willing to trade off performance ports, uh, a whole bunch of stuff in exchange for having the thinnest, lightest, most mo- most uh, most mobile Mac we can possibly uh, put on put onto uh, put onto the market and. And so if they were to really prosecute that, and it would not only restore a good line of delineation that we've lost between what is a MacBook Air and what is a MacBook Pro, uh, but it would also really uh, be a yet another shot at the arm for, for Mac, especially if it, would be the, if, if it were also the only Mac or the first Mac that you could actually get uh, 5G. So you actually have always-on internet just built into the thing. That is an incredibly, for me, uh, persuasive uh, device and something that I would love to see Apple make. You mentioned uh, YouTube, and you made you reminded me that I forgot to mention something that we found out about our friend Renee Ritchie uh, yes. this week. Yes. He tweeted after over two years as a full time creator, I'm taking on a new role. We finally know what Renee's going to do as creator liaison at YouTube at YouTube liaison. Uh, so I can't, you know, think of a better job for uh, a guy who is so good at making friends, making relationships. Yeah, uh, it knows the inside and out the the challenges of being a YouTube creator, and so for him to be, I think it's creator, really good. Yeah. It's really good for YouTube creators and really good for it YouTube is. to have someone like Renee there, yeah. um, just because you know he's the right person to he he is practical enough to be able to talk to YouTube and understand like what they're dealing with, but also pushing for what needs to, you know, what really needs to be done. And he also obviously understands the creators. Perfect so, guy. Yeah. so I think it's just a perfect, I, I don't know if they find anybody else in the world that'd be as good as no. me. To do it kind of explains too, because he, he said when he first told us he was going to leave the show, he said, I can't tell you where I'm going, but no, it's not where you think. So that meant, well, it's not Apple. <laughs> right. but, what, but then I knew it had, we to all be, thought. I had, it had to be some sort of big deal corporate thing because we couldn't say anything about it. He wouldn't tell us where until the press release came out. So and I thought, we tried. We tried. Renee, you can tell us. We, you put <laughs> him in. Tell the, us. You put him in the. Does what? We knew it wasn't Apple because he said he might come back and visit from time to time. Yeah, and that doesn't. Yeah. You don't but, go to Apple and come back. But he also <laughs> said, "I can't do the show. I'm not allowed to do the show." So I knew. Yeah. I thought it was like a government job. To be honest with the Canadian government, <laughs> maybe he's going to Ottawa or something. But no, uh, this is this makes perfect sense now. So congratulations, Renee. And yeah. as you can tell, we I, all think I, it's a great. I, I love. Thing. I love the fact that it's, it's uh, for all the reasons that be, that we know him for. Also, the reason that uh, he's not someone who's been on YouTube, who's been uh, successful on YouTube for ten years, he came to YouTube rather late uh, recently. So he's really familiar with what you, what it's like right now to yeah. try to try to gain gain a followership uh, in YouTube. His channel is big enough to demonstrate that he knows what he's doing. Not so big that he's been insulated from right. uh, from the problems that right. exist. All the other things. The only, the only one. I won't even call it a gripe, but let's let's call this a comment. That a lot of the stuff that he's going to have to advocate for, uh, when the, the stuff where it's not going to be a polite conversation between himself and uh, executives at YouTube, is about things like representation, about uh, diversity, about are you promoting more white guys or are you really trying to find those channels that represent the entire spectrum of humanity out there 
it would have been lovely to see someone that was part of that that was part yeah. of that one of those communities but i'm not saying that as a commu- as a complaint i'm saying that simply as an observation yeah. but other than that it's it really is a wonderful hire i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what he does i, I i'm not looking forward to what he has to do to again there's a lot of stuff going on on YouTube right now where he's going to be forced to jump up and down on people's desks and yell if he's not going to be heard uh, because they've got a lot of problems they've got to deal with. But he's a good person for the job, I think. Every everything you know that YouTube creators have had to deal with that all, people like us have been talking about on the outside for all this time, the, all those cans of worms like. Renee is now in the worm factory. So yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I don't envy him that yeah. because Challenge. because he's going to see why those things are like that on the inside and has to hold in his mind like being a creator and the frustrations you have on the outside and then the kind of narrative on the inside of all like well this is why that happened and then trying to be a conduit that's a tough job being a bridge between those uh, those groups but I think he if anybody's going to do well at it it's him I also want to say that it's really funny that um, his colleague Serenity Caldwell who was also my colleague she worked at, with him at iMore and she went to a developer relation position at Apple so like both of them are doing very similar jobs of trying to be a bridge between the inside and the outside. I think it's a, I think it's a good use of their talents. And for people who don't know what Renee did before he did iMore, he's also using a lot of his kind of communication brain power from his previous career that uh, I think is going to serve him well inside YouTube. Yay! Good going, Renee. We're proud of yeah, you. Yeah, congratulations, Renee. And he did say he'll come back from time to time, so we'll look forward to getting him on, and we'll let you know ahead of time. So that you can, He's going to be uh, like a Jedi ghost. He's just going to appear yeah. and say, oh. <laughs> like Obi-Wan. Hello, I yeah. didn't see you there. Yeah. Oh. oh, We could do that, Renee, if you want. We'll just have a glo- ghostly image of you floating <laughs> a over hologram. Us. A hologram of Renee Ritchie. First thing going to say is, Leo, have you, ever, have you considered doing this, uh, instead of doing 90 minutes, two hours, doing this as a short? A short. Doing it a short. Get, get, some of that, get some of that TikTok action in. Yeah. Ooh. I have seen the light. Uh, and it shuts off after one minute, 23 seconds. Getting back to the uh, MacBook Air, uh, John Gruber's gone on a kind of a, a rampage over this whole thing. And I think it's kind of interesting. I wanted to get your take. It started uh, when he was looking at Wirecutter's review of their best laptop. He says, not best Windows laptop, best laptop, full stop, a Dell XPS 13 that costs $1,340 but is slower and gets worse battery life, I'm reading John right now, from daringfireball.net, and has a lower resolution display than their, quote, best Mac laptop, the $1,000 M1 MacBook Air. They do have a Mac or Windows or something else preface to the whole comparison, but if you're going to name a best laptop, putting aside OS preference, it's incompetent not to conclude that MacBooks are both technically superior and better values for the dollar thanks to Apple's exclusive Silicon Advantage. He goes on later uh, to point out uh, other magazines kind of ignoring the fact that Apple's laptop is kind of lapped PC laptops. Is that the case? Do you think that's a fair thing to say, Uh, that that there is no comparison, that clearly the best laptop is the Apple M1 and maybe M2? No. No. Um, I I disagree, but I think it depends on your point of view. Um, I, I... I think that he has a very valid argument there, uh, particularly when you're talking about power per watt. Uh, excuse me, C- CPU power per watt consumed. Uh, that is just a, it's it's almost a non-starter. It's not even not a, not a race. But the thing is, how are you going to define a laptop? And for uh, I would be more I would be happier if 
Wirecutter defined it as the best Windows laptop you can buy versus the yeah. best uh, Mac laptop you could buy. Although I do see its point of view that this is still a world in which the default setting is still Windows. But what if you were going to say what is the best overall laptop? Would you still pick a Dell XP? I love. I think, by the way, I'm sitting in front of a Dell XPS 15. Yeah. I love the brand new one, the 12th generation Intel. Uh, I love right. the XPS 13. I'm not going to disagree that it's a very, very good laptop. But would you? W- w- I think in the I think in the same vein that as a Mac user, you were like, well, it might not be as fast as the the Windows laptops, but I'm not going to go use Windows. Right. In the same way, Windows a Windows user is going to be yeah. the is it, you know it, yeah. it doesn't really, in my opinion. I mean, we can talk about it, but it's really hard to say that the Windows laptop is better than the Mac or the Mac is better. That the user is is embedded in that into that. So maybe it's foolish to say the but, best laptop for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think. I, I just think. I, I do I have think. A hard time. Yeah. I think. I mean, I, I agree with Alex. I think you're in this situation where it's a uh, there's a certain person who is going to just want a Windows laptop, right? But I do think that there are a lot of people who don't care. And if and they just assume that the best laptop is a Windows laptop and that Windows laptops are cheap and that that therefore right and so I, right. it doesn't the the wire cutters readers a little bit of a disservice to say the best laptop is a Dell and the best Mac laptop is the MacBook Air because it does imply that the Dell laptop is better than the Air and it's not I think Andy's exactly right as somebody who used to run a few big websites I can tell you <laughs> I the my my bat. Uh, bat signal? No, that's not right. My spider sense. It's Marvel. I'm a Marvel zombie. <laughs> uh, my spider sense went off, and I thought, you know what this is? This is that they've got those two categories, and they don't want to change them, for probably for SEO, and so they've kept them the uh, way they are, because the right thing to do is to say best the Windows, best Windows best laptop, yeah. and then have a section in both that says, look, this is, we think, we think the best overall laptop is, and then you choose, and say, but People have these two operating system choices, and so here's the best you know, of, of, of either world. You know what else has changed? You can't really run Windows on an M1. So you might have reasonably no. said a Mac, as Walt Mossberg once did, the Mac is the best Windows laptop because you could run Windows on it yeah. uh, when it was an Intel device. There is a later post on Daring Fireball uh, where he talks about Ars Technica uh, leaving uh, Apple out of its uh, mentions. And in fact... Um, Somebody, he's, he's quoting a, a blogger, Jack Wellborn, at Worms and Viruses, saying, if memory serves, including Macs in a PC hardware comparisons, was more or less the norm until a few years ago. Now, John has a great conspiracy theory. I'm not sure I buy this, but I'll, <laughs> I'll float it for you. Uh, he says, reviewers at ostensibly neutral publications are afraid that reiterating the plain truth about x86 versus Apple Silicon, that Apple Silicon wins handily in both performance and efficiency is not going to be popular with a large segment of their audience. He's basically saying they're pandering. They're not telling them the truth because to say Apple's the best is a profoundly, in his words, inconvenient truth for many computer enthusiasts who don't like Apple. So technically, those are Al Gore's, Al Gore's words. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He's paraphrasing, <laughs> paraphrasing the vice president. Um, that's a little bit. That's going a little far. 
Maybe. I, I, I'm going to give you the institutional argument again, which is never ascribe to malfeasance what could be described right. by incompetence or institutional drift, which is it's just easier to separate the Mac and the PC and not talk about them in the same context because they're so different. Yeah. But I think there is at least a little bit of truth. Again, is it a conspiracy or is it more that they are so used to the the order of things in the old world that they that Apple Silicon should have caused them to reflect and they just didn't because they're just too busy moving on to the next thing. I think that's more, again, I would just say it's more, I don't even want to say laziness. I want to say limited resources leading to people making, you know, letting the status quo kind of run. But I, I do think it's, I get what John's saying here, which is finally Apple is sort of like pulled out this Trump card on Intel and uh, nobody is, is, I mean, they're saying it, but yet parts of their sites aren't saying it. I get that, but I don't think it's a grand conspiracy. Is it accurate to say that Apple is the best? Apple Silicon is the best, <laughs> and it wins handily in performance and efficiency. Is that is that a that's John's assertion? Is well, it's just obviously Apple's the best. Why aren't they saying so? If if you're talking, well, it depends about, on what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you go, go ahead, Andy. I'll, I'll, my, my, I just have a quick thing to say, which is that if you're talking about the chip itself. It's hard to argue that Apple isn't ahead of what Intel and AMD are doing. However, it's not you're not buying you don't go to Best Buy to buy a chip. You buy a computer because that chip has to be t attached to these things called ports. And for some people, expansion is going to be an important thing. For some people, being able to run not just benchmarks, but a specific type of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of of solution. It's not you. I don't think you can basically put what. Uh, this is not an industry in which you can basically put a crown on the head of one person. I think that's a very, very glib way of trying to describe a really, really complex series of uh, of calculus. I think that uh, I think that yes, on the CPU on the silicon side, yes, very much so. But no, you, there's no way to say that uh, that uh, as a laptop, as a mobile platform, uh, the fact that this that this machine is running Apple Silicon makes it a better computer overall than windows i think and alex I, I, alex I'm, what do you think i'm about to agree with Alex. Yeah. alex what do you think yeah no i think i think that the thing is, is anytime someone asks me about technology or like what do you recommend i'm like well what do you want to do yeah that's the <laughs> first like, question what do you do with it you know yeah. Yeah. you know like what do you want to do with it because because if you if you want to do this then this is better if you've never used a computer and you're not going to integrate with a big company and you you maybe already have an iphone you should definitely get a mac <laughs> like it's really fast and it's really easy to use if you are embedded into Windows or if you're using AutoCAD or you're using, you know, there's a bunch or you're in a big corporate environment that requires it, then maybe the, you know, maybe that makes sense. And so it just depends on on what you're actually trying to get done in the same way that we were talking earlier about, you know, whether what spreadsheet should you use? You know, should you if you're doing really heavy pivot tables and doing really big calculations that are like on the verge of ERP um, Excel is the way to go. <laughs> like, like that is the one that is the one that does that. If you want to organize ideas, build small budgets, um, and have something that's a little more pleasing to look at, Numbers is the right way to go. If, and you're on a Mac, Numbers is the right way to go. And if you want to collaborate, Sheets is the way to go. And so, so those are the you know the, I think that in in all of these things, you have to figure out what does the user want to do and how complex they want to be. I think that I do think at this point though, I mean. A, for a start for someone getting started with computing if they were doing that um and they and they were point blank i think a mac makes a lot of sense i think but i think that if they want to do gaming if they want to use obs obs is a good example 
We have a lot of people in office hours that use OBS. It does not you should not run that on a Mac. No. <laughs> oh, interesting. As somebody who's yeah. done oh, it. Interesting. Okay. It actually oh, runs no, great so on it. Linux. I might add. So <laughs> no, yeah. actually, this is and some of that is because they're not using the APIs, and Apple did right. a bunch of GitHub yeah. check-ins for yeah. it, which is hilarious. But I wanted to say the um, there is the theoretical uh, general computer buyer, right, who always comes up in these scenarios, which is yeah, but most people don't use their computer for all of that stuff. They are using the basics, and you could argue they should that probably buy a all, Chromebook is what I argue. Well, that's what I was going to say is is not necessarily a Chromebook, but like you could argue that okay, for the basics, like. Yeah, uh, maybe an M1 MacBook Air is a really nice computer for you. But the truth is, and this is something that's changed in the last five, maybe 10, maybe even 15 years. But the basics, literally any computer basically yeah. being sold. Anything that can run a browser. Right yeah. A lot, a lot of phones well, can and, cover most of what yeah. people want to do. So, so I think yeah. I, I'm actually going to strongly disagree with Gruber because if you say it's power per Performance per power usage, okay, you might say Apple has uh, a strong advantage, but there are plenty of Intel chips that best the M1 and M2. That's that's not a – nobody's disputing that. Even Apple doesn't dispute that. They always say per watts. So it's ridiculous to say Apple is far and away the best uh, processor. And then I agree completely with you guys. It's how you use it. If you're a gamer – Apple, a MacBook Air is not the right choice. <laughs> I mean, when yeah. when someone who when someone who says they ha- they don't use, oh, I say, well, what do you use with a computer? And they're like, well, I check my email and I surf the web and I write some documents. I'm like, you just get an iPad, <laughs> get an iPad right. and a keyboard. You know, like there's you many like, more choices. It's, secure, than it used to be. it's easier to turn on. It it lasts longer. It's yeah. you know, just get it. You know, you so and and literally the when I go out and about, I mean, I almost never take a laptop anymore. I'm taking my iPad and. And off I'll go, you know, so unless I feel like I'm going to have to do some graphics processing. Also, I'm going to I'm going to stand by what I said, which is that maybe it was different when Apple Macintoshes were Intel and ran Windows, but they don't now. So so now really it's such a it's such a heterogeneous world. It is certainly foolish to say to claim there's a best laptop. And I agree with John in that respect. Wirecutter was wrong to say that. But I don't think uh, it makes any sense these days to include Macs in rundowns of PCs, there's they're different beasts anymore. And means to include an iPad, exactly. Put an iPad in there if you want to. Yeah. In that case, yeah, they're yeah. different beasts uh, more than ever before, and that's a good thing. That's a sign of maturity in computing uh, that there are different tools for the different jobs you might want to do. Um, what is a good yeah. point is that Qualcomm sucks, but okay. Other than that, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's funny because they, you know, on the Windows side, they keep trying to get Windows on ARM to take off. And they, you know, Qualcomm keeps announcing the latest, greatest desktop class ARM processor. And they're not even in the ballpark. Can, if you run, if you ran, if you booted boot camp Windows for ARM on Apple Silicon, it would be really, really good. But every report that we've seen is that Windows for uh, ARM basically exists due to a, an agreement with Qualcomm, where right. Qualcomm yeah. is subsidizing it, and so right. it can't really appear anywhere but on Qualcomm's it's processors. It's only in beta. Womp, and, womp. and if you do run it, by the way, in emulation, in a VM on the uh, Silicon, uh, Apple Silicon, it runs great. Yeah, because it's not emulated, right? It's just it's just being translated, yeah, and then yeah. and they're using and then they're using Windows's code translation to get back to Intel yeah. instead of using Apple's, and so even that works pretty well. It's just it's one of those things where like Windows on ARM is not fundamentally a problem. It's that Qualcomm is 
is, your is problem. the problem. A <laughs> uh, lot of people in our chat, uh, I'll quote Doug M, uh, have been saying all along that, oh, you got to you got to really try uh, uh, Parallels and uh, Windows on ARM on an M1. It runs great. He just said Windows 11 yeah. ARM runs wonderfully in Parallels 17, as good as Windows 10 on a MacBook 16-inch in boot camp on bare metal. So, uh, yeah. So maybe 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 Apple is the best choice for it's the best choice for Mac OS and Windows on ARM. Okay, we'll grant I, you that. I think it, ultimately what we're saying is is that this is nuanced and that the best way to look at this is that you know whether you want a Mac or a PC or an iPad or a Chromebook is actually kind of question one. And so to yes. say that there is one yes. right answer is impossible because it yes. really does depend, like Alex said, on what are you going to do with it and what are your personal preferences. And it is true that Apple's uh, you know new chip has given them the lead in lots of areas over Intel, but it doesn't really matter if you don't care about those areas right. and you, you, you'd you rather have whatever it is, running OBS or running Windows because you're comfortable with it. It's, But, you know, it, it's, yes. And Qualcomm makes everybody sad. That's the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody in the chat room says, you think they're bad now? When do they merge with Broadcom? Ooh, that's going to be good. Uh, let's take a little break. It's so fun to be back with you guys. I missed you guys, man. You Although, too. thank you to everybody who joined us on the Twit uh, Cruise. It was a blast. I just, uh, reporting back to you guys, they love you guys. We talk a lot about uh, all of the shows. They send greetings back to all three of you. Everybody's very happy about Jason Snell uh, joining the panel. Um, we have the best. I'm big on in cruise ships, I'm and big. I know you are. You know, if we so that was the other thing is everybody at the end of it says, "Okay, when we're we doing it again." So, and uh, this after time, we all recover from. Yeah, after I get better from COVID, then uh, I think we can consider it. Is this uh, happening again, Leo? Is this like 20 years ago, where suddenly the cruises are back? It's Next, like, yeah, no, they're not. not bad. Can I just say they're not? <laughs> they're um, not. But next time I am calling Neil Bowman because uh, of Insight Cruises, who did the Geek Cruises that you and I spent some time. Somebody yeah. brought up. A picture from one of the geek cruises that you were on and Andy was on. There were 15 instructors. You remember that? We all got on the stage. Yep, Two yep. rows of chairs. Uh, yep. Sal Sagoyan was there. Chris Breen was there. It was a huge group. Wallace was there, yeah. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and I Good said, stuff. wow, those were the days. Maybe we can get Neil to reinvigorate that and do it with him or something like that because uh but anyway thanks to everybody who went it was great fun i i hope you all got home safe and sound uh better than uh, lisa and i did um and uh yeah we'll have to just figure out what we're going to do uh, next time i was thinking um maybe an african safari and and you could lead that alex you'd be great yeah, at that. i got yeah. some ideas yeah wouldn't that be fun no, just kidding. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Uh, great to meet you all. Lots of pictures. Uh, we, I recreated. We, I created a. I don't know what happened. A Google Photos album, so you know everybody can upload their pictures. And then I know I didn't do it because I was on the plane. It disappeared, and so I've recreated it again. Uh, I will briefly put up the QR code uh, in between shows if you. Uh, we're on the cruise and you want to add your pictures. There are already some good ones in there. Our show today brought to you by Hover.com. All right, show of hands. How many of you have a custom domain names? Some of us have a bad habit of rushing out <laughs> and registering <laughs> domain names the minute you know the idea strikes us. I, uh, I still own TunicTime.com, FancyPants.com, 
and many hundreds of other domains that I probably <laughs> should let lapse. It's so fun and easy to make a domain at hover.com. That's probably, you know, part, I'm blaming them. They make it they make it easy. You don't get 20 pages of upsell. You don't get all the other stuff. It's just very simple. You go in, you get a great price. You register a domain name. They've got pro-level tools that makes it easy for you to associate that domain name with uh, email. In fact, they have a great email service, very inexpensive email service. Probably the number one reason I encourage people to get a custom domain name is for their email. So many people, even businesses, I run into at AOL.com, at Hotmail.com. Come on, guys. That does not project a a professional, uh, you know, reputation. You want to have one that's your business's name. I have a family name for my email. That's nice, too. And the other good thing about that is Hover can do the back end. They've got webmail. It'll work with all your existing email clients. It's very easy to set up. You can add as many mailboxes to your domain as you need. When your domain renews, your mailbox does, too, automatically if you choose. Their most popular mailbox is a no-brainer solution for business owners. Unbeatable price. Plus, you get access Anywhere, any way you like it. Use the email app you're already comfortable with. The webmail is great. Uh, you'll feel very comfortable with it. And when you're using Hover as your domain and your email, you can use it for things. For instance, I am always using it to keep track of who's stealing my, my email address. I never give the same email address twice. One of the great features of controlling your own domain names. Uh, also nice, if you want to move, if you own the domain name that your email's at, it's easy to forward it to anywhere. You're never locked in to Hover or to anyone else. And that is really great, too. You don't have to notify people that you're moving. You just do it. Hover, whether you're a blogger, an artist, a portfolio, you're building an online store, you're a business person, or you just want to make a more memorable redirect to your LinkedIn page, Hover has the best domain names and email addresses just for you. I use the pro-level tools, uh, very powerful domain and email management tools for your DNS. They're intuitive. They're easy to use. I like them. Uh, But they also have Hover Connect. If you say, oh, I don't want to do DNS, no problem. You pick the service you want to use to build and host your website. Connect helps you start using your domain name with just a couple of clicks. And here, I'm going to add a footnote. Do not get your domain name from the company providing your website because then they control both. And it's really good to keep them separate. It's just good hygiene. At Hover, you're a customer, by the way, not a source of data. Take back control of your data with reliable, tracker-free email. Hover's trusted by hundreds of thousands of customers who use their domain names and email to turn their ideas into reality. Whether you're a developer, photographer, or small business, Hover has something for you to expand your projects and get the visibility you want. Oh, and we got a great deal for you. 10% off your first purchase of any domain extension for the entire first year. Hover.com slash twit. That's hover, H-O-V-E-R, dot com slash twit. And by the way, Hover builds in who is privacy as part of the price. So that you don't get that page saying, oh, you want to be private? Well, that'll cost you an extra five bucks or whatever. None of that. Hover.com slash twit. 10% off your domain extension for a full year. I've got hundreds, including Twit, all the Twit domains. Hover.com. Thank you, Hover, for your support. Hover.com slash Twit. Uh, yes. I still own I still own Chairman Honeycrisp.com, which I got 
Uh, like sec- seconds after Stephen Colbert addressed Tim Cook as Chairman Honeycrisp, I, I love said, it. You know what? I, be- I better get that in case <laughs> I, before someone else. You does. never use them, right? Yeah, uh, planters, cheese balls, I, chopsticks. I'm, uh, com, I'm guest know. hosting this summer. I'm guest hosting Clockwise on Relay with oh, Micah. That's a great show. And last last week. Um, during the show, we joked about the concept of is the moon still orbiting dot com. And by the end of the episode, uh, guess what? Micah had registered Micah it. Micah does that. Micah. Uh, and it, re- it just goes to the clockwise page. So thanks, Micah, for the, the <laughs> it's, impulse buying domains is a real problem. Yeah. I think lots of us have. We all have it. It's so sad. Uh, and eventually I'm going to go through those and say, OK, do not auto renew because, you know, <laughs> I but what if? But what if, Leo? What if I do need that the domain? The moon might what not if? be in orbit, and then we need, to, we need oh. it. We need it. Hey, I got a. By the way, for you, Jason, a you got a slot for the sixth computer, right there, right? Yes. You only have five. Sure. That's bothering a lot of our OCD viewers. Well, th- actually, there is. Believe it or not, there is a MacBook Air back there with a six colors logo on it, but it's very I can't low see key. That. What are you talking about? And it's an M1, so it's not an old computer. Is it so. midnight blue? Well, it is M1, so no. It's if just you've got a few gray. hundred thousand to spare, space gray. Steve Jobs' prototype for the original Apple computer is being oh, auctioned off. This is the thing that that uh, was hand wire wrapped. So that Steve could then go around and say, hey, uh, we need the chips. Um, it's up for auction at RR Auction, hand-soldered by Wozniak in 1976. Uh, we should check the bidding. Uh, they expect it'll be as much as half a million dollars. It was uh, used to secure Apple's first major order in 1976. They, this is the device they brought very famously to the bite shop and showed Paul Terrell... And said, would you be interested in carrying this computer as a kit, right? The prototype, according to uh, Business Insider, has some minor damage, including a crack that runs from adjacent to the power supply area. Steve did it. <laughs> he dropped it. <laughs> was on, so pissed. Let me go look at the, uh, let's see if I can find the auction listing. Currently, 300, no, sorry, 278,005, 15 bids. It ends August 18th. If you want to bid uh, for this, Jason, uh, the next bid will be $305,000. Oh, boy. Let's get Jimmy Graywall to bid on it, right? He's the one with the Macintosh Museum in yeah. Dubai or wherever Yeah, he that's is. a cool so museum. Should, you should get that. Yeah. This yeah. is the Apple Computer A prototype. Not not even an Apple One. This is an Apple A. Um, really yeah. great story. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think the, the auction record is something a little under $800,000, I think. Wow. Look at this. It so, is. But, I wonder so who had this. That's probably not for so, something as good as this. Yeah. This is what, history. What? This is not obviously operating. Mitch Waite came by. We did a triangulation with him some time ago, the uh, old uh, right. publisher of many, many computer books. And he had an Apple One that he got working again. Uh, took a little bit of work to get the capacitors. Yeah, I think he had to replace some and so forth. This is it not was- in good shape. This is kind of... And wasn't there a story about like uh, to as an illustration of exactly how lack of interest uh, Steve Jobs had in Apple history that he just like cleaned out his office of all kinds of like here's an Apple One here's like prototypes of this here's sketchbooks of that and was just like and as pe- and he just like left them like in like boxes outside his office and eventually people just start taking them because 
Steve expected them to be just tossed in the trash. This is how they uh, identified the provenance of it, by the way. This is a Polaroid taken by Paul Terrell in 1976 when Waz and Jobs came over and said, Hey, man, you want to buy some of these, man? So, uh, and it matches exactly. So that's how they know. This is I it. love your 70s drug dealer voice. <laughs> man. Oh, that was really great. Uh, uh, okay. A little Cheech and chong but <laughs> yeah. I like it. Are, are you you're, you're implying that like in 1976 the most valuable like lid of pot was was ever traded? Was not, not, not here, man. Was not here, man. I just want to be clear. Also, in that was. slot where the MacBook Air is, there's a 12 inch. This is uh, as yet unopened, but this is a 12 inch PowerBook. So the collection grows. Oh boy! Don't tell my wife that I got this one. 12 inch PowerBook from what year is that? Oh, I don't even... Uh, anybody? 2000... Aluminum? So you, where are you buying these? On eBay? Or you go to the this RR actually auction came from, site? Uh, this came from a reader who said, nice. I want to get rid of my 12-inch PowerBook. Would you nice. like it? And I said, sure. Okay. <laughs> I have started declining those offers. We had so much stuff. when, when I, I'm you know, selective. Yeah. I'm selective, but this is like one of the best. Uh, again, to our earlier discussion about small laptops like i i really like apple when it is striving to make the smallest possible laptop and it hasn't done that since the since the macbook that 12 inch macbook and and the 12 inch power book from back in the day which is like the weight of eight 12 inch macbooks uh was also part of that kind of striving to be small and light as possible yeah that's what by the way all collectors say Oh yeah, stop you whatever know, that, I want. That dodge in the backyard <laughs> where the grass is growing—that's that's very special. Yeah. Nineteen seventy-one. You know, <laughs> someday yeah, I'm going like to f- anymore. <laughs> I'm going to fix that up someday. We we have there's a family friend who uh, uh, I don't know how much I should say about this. The uh, go- county government came to him and said, uh, y- "You know those hundred cars in your backyard? I mean, literally." <laughs> Uh, you got to get rid of those, man. <laughs> those are those are an eyesore. Yeah. It's what we call a hoarding situation. But they're all they're special, man. They're all yeah. special. That was a oh, you wouldn't believe. Oh, man, you can't get those anymore. But that, that, that is that the cool same marketing. guy who uh, <laughs> sold the Apple <laughs> yeah, exactly. A prototype? Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's not here, man. Uh, Apple and Koss. What do those two names have in common? Remember Koss. Remember how many of none of maybe you're old enough, Jason, that you wore the eight eight pound Cos Pro four forty A headphones when you don't you don't even remember that. I remember I remember wearing some cheap oh, Cos headphones. I don't remember wearing In the old nice days, ones. people over probably you probably have to be over sixty to remember this. We you know, the new uh, Paul Simon and Garfunkel album would come out and you'd get it and you'd get it home from the record store and you'd take it out you'd put it on the turntable you'd put on your Cos Pro 440A headphones which would make your head kind of wobble because they were so heavy and you lie on the ground and you look at the album cover while you listen to the whole album 50 times front to back and what would you say and what voice would you use to say dude, while you were listening this is right dude <laughs> you, sure, you sure it wasn't a beanbag chair I actually all right, you see, you're getting me started. Sorry. I, I did have... My mom was a weaver, and she made me the weirdest thing. It was basically a long... She called it the fire chair. It was a long worm. She had. We actually had to go up in the balcony and load it with uh, styrofoam peanuts and then seal it off, and then it would twist around, and it had like... It was like a shag carpet worm, 
and you just <laughs> twist it around, oh, you line so it. Des- I so desperately need pictures. I, <laughs> I so will find a guy. When I visit, the only reason I remember this, I was club talking twit, about with my twit. mom. Yeah, club twit pictures. Yeah, this explains so much. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, dude. Oh, don't bogart that joint, man. I'm listening to Paul Simon. Ride the snake. Yeah, the snake is laying on the worm. <laughs> oh. uh, anyway, Koss is, uh, was, I guess they're still around, a longtime manufacturer of, uh, at the time, they were the pro headphones. They had pro in the name. When were they? When were they pro? Seventy seven. Like, I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I was like, I remember having cost headphones, but they were like the cheap thing we got at well, Target or something. Like when, when no, I saw no. that they were suing Apple, these I was were, like, really? These like, were high they end. A patent? And you well, know, I, I thought they were amazed. And they would always yeah. break. They would fall apart in the worst because they were cheap. <laughs> Not only were they cheap, they were heavy. So yeah. anyway, uh, um, Apple has agreed to settle a lawsuit brought by Cost over. In the earbuds and Beats headphones. Uh, the trial was set to begin yesterday. The companies told Waco, Texas, there you go, back in Waco, mm. famous uh, West Texas federal court that they had resolved, or that's East Texas, isn't it? Resolved allegations that Apple infringed Koss's wireless headphone patents. Judge Alan Albright dismissed the case with prejudice, which means it can't be refiled. It's over, it's done. We don't know how much. They sued Apple two years ago, saying they had uh, a wireless headphone system they developed in the early 2000s, so you know it was good. Uh, they also sued Bose and Skull Candy. Those are still pending. This is that all that famous you know, patent stuff, right? Well, the, the hard part is if they, if they get Apple to settle, they'll get everybody else to settle. Right. Like that, I mean, that's... That's what you do, though. You, get, you, corner, you yeah. fund the lawsuits. Well, usually you don't start. You don't start at you the top. You don't start at the top. Yeah. The patent system... Is yeah. broken. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. That's it. I mean, somebody has an idea for an imaginary wireless headset 20 years ago, and then somebody else gets uh, gets companies to write them checks 20 years later. I mean, I, uh, what I will say, uh, is a, a, little, a little more defense in this one that they actually are a headset company, and they yeah. actually <laughs> Yeah, they're not a, what we call a <laughs> non-practicing yes. entity. They yeah, actually it's, practice. It's, and, and the thing is, is that if you work at a big company, I, I, I've done a bunch of consulting in some pretty large technology companies, and one of the advices that I was given is, hey, if you're in a field and you don't see anyone around you, talk to our lawyers. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, like if, you, if you realize that whatever you're doing, nobody else is doing, like you're figuring something out that you can't find any information on Google and you can't find any um, whatever, we should talk about patents. You know, yeah, like, like that's, that, that was the yeah. kind of the, you know, because you're now, you're now but in these weren't fields, that kind you're of, somewhere out. These weren't but, that no, kind I'm of saying, patent. These were real patents, but those, obviously. But yeah. what, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, is that you, you, these companies, when you look at Apple having hundreds of patents oh, yeah. on these cars. Tr- and yeah, yeah, that's why. What, what, what people defensive. are told at these companies is right. that as soon as you start thinking about something right. new and you don't see anyone around you, you can't find it on Google and you, you don't know anybody that knows it, Let's start. Let's start papering all of that up, and so they, these companies do that as a as a defensive measure, and also to, that you don't want to you want to be building stuff on top of patents. So I, I think the patents make sense. I think that the when you aren't an operating entity, I think that's when this is, you shouldn't be. This is also more yeah. complicated because Apple had begun uh, licensing discussions, so they kind of admitted they knew yeah. that they were going to have to license this stuff. Uh, Apple. Um, Cost brought the lawsuit saying the complaint Apple sued San Francisco shortly after Cost brought the lawsuit, arguing that Cost's complaint included confidential information from their licensing discussions. 
So right. they went. They they sat down. They mm. said, "Okay, how much is going to cost?" And then and then they sued, or cost sued, and then Apple countersued. Uh, Apple cost wanted royalties for all sales of AirPods and Beat headphones, which is going to be a lot of money. I don't know if they got that much money, but they got enough. They're happy. I get. I mean, everybody does it. Um, Apple does it too. You want to have those Mm -hmm. patents. You want to be able to have those mutually assured destruction patents where somebody comes to you, but you've got the patent on them. And so you're like, okay, we'll do a cross-licensing agreement. That's all true. But there is something fundamentally wrong for anybody, including a headphone company, saying, well, we came up with this idea 20 years ago and we want you to pay us for it. Like, there has to be a limit. 14. 14 years, I well, think, is the limit. When did the AirPods come out? And it was early 2000s. And maybe right, maybe right. they wanted royalties for like a year's worth of AirPod Pro sales or something like that. I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous and stifles innovation and is unfortunate. I mean, like I want... It, well, a patent should encourage innovation, right? But, yeah, but there is a point well, at which... That's the whole point stifling. of a patent, which is you yeah. reveal your technology, then you get a license to use it for 17 years. After that, it becomes public domain. And that's why these suits always happen, right? You know, at the end of the year, term. Year 16. Yeah, because <laughs> now we're going to try to... No good. Yeah, but it's reasonable. That's why that exists. The whole idea, thank you, Ben Franklin was that if you're going to spend money in R&D and innovate, you should get to own this for a certain period of time well, so you can re- and- recoup your investment and make a profit. But at the same time, we want inventions to be disseminated yeah. widely to all. So this is a good, I think it's a good compromise. And, but and, and patent trolls are and the, something else. And to Jason's point, uh, our technology moves 100 times faster than when the patent rules were set up. You know, like it took. Uh, it might take you seventeen uh, years, years ago, right. doesn't it? Uh, seventeen years is like it. 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 it back in that number changes. Ago, so, you know, I but don't. Two hundred yeah. years ago, seventeen years might be how long it takes to go to go to market. Right. Whereas, you know, but I do think. I mean, I think seven years is very reasonable. I think seventeen is a little on the outer edge. I think that in. I think it's. Tw- I'm now looking. Copyright. It's twenty now. So it used to be the specificity of the patent that's granted, right, is also part of the problem. Is that some one one of the problems with the patent system is that the patents granted are too broad. And part of my feeling is like I don't know what cost patented in the early two thousands, and you know, good on them for doing that. But I have a hard time conceiving of whatever they were granted as being so specific to what Apple was doing fifteen years later that they are really the originator of the concept. Right? It it probably was more like again, so many patents get. It's like, hey, I I've got an idea. What if we had a radio transmitter and a receiver and headphones? It's like, okay, that's patentable, and in you know, some cases it might be, and in some cases it might not be. And the the patent office has to decide. And I think that one of the problems we see with patents is these very broad patents that get uh, that are for obvious things that should be rejected. And then you end up in the the, the court case where or the negotiation where you're saying we might be able to find prior art, or we can argue that this is uh, an obvious thing that should not have been granted as a patent, but because um, I like, I, I don't want to be anti-innovation. I just think that there, this is the needle you have to thread: is how do you support innovation while not stifling innovation with patents? 
1970, Koss set the standard for full-size professional headphones with the iconic Pro 4AA. At the time of their introduction, the Pro 4AA were regarded as the first dynamic headphones to deliver true, full-frequency and high-fidelity performance with impressive noise isolation capabilities. You know how I did that, by the way. It sealed. It gave you a headache because it was so tight on your head. Thank you, uh, Redcon 5, for finding the uh, history of the Pro 4. And I was saying 44. It's Pro 4 Stroke AA. But I do remember those. Here's the patent term. In 1790, when the Patent Act was established, I'm looking at Wikipedia, it was for 14 years. In 1836, they extended that, adding a seven-year potential extension if the investor hadn't had a reasonable remuneration remuneration for the time, ingenuity, and expense. So you can see the intent of this all along is to give you, you know, a payback for your invention. In 1861, it went to... Actually, there was a brief period. It was 21 years, 1836 to 1860. Then in 1861, it went to seven, back to 17. And according to the Uruguay Round Agreements Act in 1995, it is now 20 years from the earliest filing date. And you know that because, well, we, we got involved in the patent action with, uh, there was a guy who said, well, I invented podcasts uh, exactly 19 years ago. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he got uh, tossed out because he did not invent podcasts. But uh, that, you know, thank you to Adam Carolla for fighting that and winning. <laughs> and the EFF, who eventually also uh, won. So, pro- costs got their whatever, they're, they're pound of silver or whatever it is. Ten, what is it? They're, 20 pieces of silver. 20 pieces of silver, thank you. The pound of silver is from uh, Shylock and uh, Shakespeare or something. Pound of flesh. Pound of flesh. See, I confuse the two. You know, you mm-hmm. can see why. Yeah. Apple, since 2000, speaking to what you were talking about, Alex, has applied for 248 car patents. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. It just means that they thought of something that they haven't, that yeah. they didn't see someone else yeah. do. And so you write it down and, and it doesn't, in the grand scheme of things, uh, patents are not that expensive to write for the, if you have in-house lawyers. And so you just yeah. keep pumping them out. Yeah. Yeah. I got a, uh, a uh, press release from uh, Apple saying they're opening a new Apple store. And where is it? <laughs> I think it's in the UK. I've lost it now. Um, but this gives me a chance to show you the Apple Store time machine Yay. from departmentmap.store. Really cool. You're looking at this at office hours this morning. It was so, really so So you've seen this already. What is it? It is a, I mean, someone has rebuilt the, in, in great detail, rebuilt these. Now, I believe that this is an, there's an iPhone app that you can download that is. So this is a walkthrough, has, but is it, it's not real. This is like a 3D rendering of it or. This is a 3D render. And yeah. I, and I, what yeah, I, based on I haven't photos. downloaded it yet. We just, yeah, based wow. on photos and, and, uh. Um, but it's it is very detailed now i I think I believe that this is all three d in the so you can like um you know tour around uh, oh, inside cool. of this this is just showing you what it's what the experience is like you want to get the um, app get, obviously if you're gonna yeah you want to yeah. download the app if you want to look at i think it's got four stores right now um and uh it looks um it looks wow. pretty slick yeah so it's not just the one store. So they'll show you. I think there's. I think there's four of them. I yeah. believe that they're covering right now. There's like the. They have the one with the spiral staircase. That's the Fifth Avenue one. They have. Oh, and this uh, is from Grand Opening Day. So this is what it looked like. So yeah. Tyson's Corner, May two thousand one. 
That's the first Apple store. That's in Maryland, right? Uh, then Stanford Shopping Center, 2004. I was at that opening. That was Steve Jobs did that opening. He yeah. was real proud of that. That's the mini store. Palo Alto. That, in, yeah. Yeah. That's the mini store. Super uh, tiny. The Fifth Avenue store, that beautiful glass, which is gone now. It's different. But uh, the original spiral stairs of the glass cube. And then the Infinite Loop store, which opened in 2015. And this is a free download. Nice. Very nice. Brompton Road opens day after tomorrow. That's a new London store. Apple Brompton Road in the city's bustling Knightsbridge neighborhood. Mm. Mm. Look at all the foliage in there. <laughs> it's like lousy with foliage. <laughs> I, I got to say, I love whoever is doing Apple's real estate and design. I love that, especially in places that have historic buildings, which is like not the United States, um, how they integrate. Oh, I mean, yeah. Grand Central is like that. But like, if you look at the Brompton Road one, they have integrated with what this building was right and and it, and they've kept some of that flavor of the old building it's like not everything must yeah. be a glass rectangle right and right. i like that about what they do with these historic buildings that they go into they did it in la though so, they did that uh, tower theater uh, yeah they have yeah. There, yeah. there's a bunch of them that's, that are like that and it's really great yeah beautiful that's a, that, that's a very big deal it's, it's also taking these places the, many of which were originally designed as public spaces and maintaining them as private property, private store, but it's still a place where you can walk in and enjoy the beauty of this location. Yeah. Uh, not in its original form, but at least it's not, at least hasn't been torn down and turned to condos, or at least the theater has not been turned into some sort of private uh, private club space. I have not seen this, uh, public this Tower Theater store. I can't wait to see it. This is old classic Golden Age movie theater yeah. uh, in the heart of L.A., and they kept the balcony, which is hysterical. And they've kept the outside and and much of the uh, much of the detail inside. So this is one I'd very much like to like so can, to go you, visit. You can you can you can heckle the geniuses like Stafford Mordor. <laughs> yeah, Andy, you and I should do that. We should go. We should sit in the front row. We should go. That's not how you hold it. <laughs> that would be There's cool. so many that are great. I mean, I'm, yeah. I've had the opportunity to go to a lot of Apple stores over the world around the world and. It's got to be so much fun to be on that team because it feels like each yeah. one of them, just about, except for the malls, the malls are all kind of the same. But, but in these things, like the the one in Paris is just stunning. Like it, it's just an, an amazing um, space. The one in, I think it's Regency Gardens. I think in you know, is it Regency Gardens? It's it's a gardens or something or other in in London. That you know, it just each one of these Q, really Q feels gardens, like yeah. Q yeah, Gardens. No, no, I don't think it's Q Gardens either. I think it's okay. something else. It's something. It's a couple syllables. Uh, and, and speaking of geography, Tyson, I'm being told Tyson's Corner, thank you, Web 8898, who obviously logged in just to tell me Tyson's Corner is in Virginia. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I should have went. That. Mm-hmm. I, I was nearby Short, giving a talk, and so I actually visited it. Uh, and, and because. Did you, because heckle, like, did you heckle the geniuses then? No, okay. uh, I basically, I, I protested them giving me the bum's rush, saying that you <laughs> definitely look the sort of riffraff that you don't have Gardens. to tolerate anymore. Covent Gardens, oh. that's where oh, it is. Right. Yeah. yeah, the famous flower store from My Fair Lady. Um, if you want to go to Brompton Road, there's going to be a big event on, uh, on uh, the 28th with Apple Fitness Plus trainers. 
I don't know any of them. You probably do, Alex. Corey Wharton Malcolm, Jamie Ray Hartshorn, really Kim, Kim Go, and Janelle Lewis will join Jay Blonick. I know you know his name. He's VP of Fitness Technologies for an in store QA, followed by a three kilometer walk, that's for me, and a five kilometer run in Hyde Park. Although I will say that my, uh, my, you know, my wife works for a meditation center and, and we looked at the, the meditation one and she's like, oh, I know that person. <laughs> like, yeah. So they're really picking I'm sure they've people got the that, best. that come yeah. from that. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, I, Justine, got that great tour a couple of weeks ago of the facility where they shoot that. You should go look at that, Alex. I bet you give them some tips, some pointers. <laughs> I'd love to see it. I, I, just from Justine's walkthrough, it looked, it looked pretty amazing. It looked like they were, there was definitely a spared no expense kind of thing going on there. Um, let's see what else here. Um, TikTok is the fastest growing news source in the UK. Oh Lord, I don't even know how that works in TikTok. <laughs> like, how would you find news oh, in TikTok? Boy. Like, it's right. I get all my news from the TikTok. Angry alligators. Yeah, <laughs> it's all it's, it's it's all about discovery. Like, even the uh, is. Yeah. Uh, even even Google's like it's chief of basically every division inside Google that makes Google money was compl- was basically saying that forty percent of searches are now happening like inside TikTok and social media uh, for like for a, a lot of the profitable things that uh, Google sells ads for, and that's starting to become a really big problem. It's why, yeah. why everything's it's why everything's turning into TikTok these days. Yeah, including Instagram. I am yes. I am right there with the Kardashians. That uh, Insta- Instagram hate, is a wasteland. I hate to, I hate to say it, but yes, it's like I, it, <laughs> YouTube, YouTube, and Instagram. It's like it, my feed used to be filled with like lots and lots of I really know. interesting like individual pictures. Now YouTube is like I, I see that vertical format. Like, ah, uh, damn it! Like one third of like all the different things I've subscribed to, and I, I don't blame them. You, you got to make money off of your channel, and this is where uh, there's it's uh, oh they're just how no to, they're just blatantly well, copying TikTok. They don't have a good well, idea. No, no, no. Well, well no, well. Because it's, I'm talking about the creators. That oh, the creators, like, yeah. It's, it's, oh, they Instagram, have to do it. Yeah, you can. Well, you my can tell son is big on Instagram now. He does the same thing he does on TikTok because Instagram yeah. supports it. Yeah. yeah. Well, because it's, it's, you can tell like when they start when they start offering uh, decent money to creators, the uh, <laughs> blind without having to really kowtow to the algorithm, saying no, just please upload more shorts, please upload more more uh, more videos uh, in in Instagram. That's when they, when they're basically telling you, here's how much money we were going to pay you extra if you pay, if you post more of this content. You can see how scared they are about yeah. well, uh, and, about TikTok, and it it always ends. You know, like like yeah. Facebook was like, "Hey, we'll we'll sh- we'll share when you go live. We'll share it to everyone in your network. You know, without you having to pay for it." And then in one week, they were like, "Yeah, no, we're not going to do that anymore." No, <laughs> like, you know, like, and, and now now you've now all these companies and everything else have built up their infrastructure inside of something that is not sustainable. Right. I mean, it is a it is such a uh, you know snake water. Or, I'm, you know. I'm disappointed because I really uh, uh, as a photographer, that's the place I want to share my. Still photos, and as it turns Me into yeah. TikTok, uh, Adam Masseri, who's the president, uh, Facebook guy, who was brought in to run Instagram. I love Vice Motherboard's headline: "Instagram admits it's not good after Kardashians <laughs> beg it to stop copying TikTok." The things you hate about Instagram will continue until morale improves. <laughs> uh, Ryan Broderick, who writes the Garbage Day newsletter, his tweet was: "Hey guys, I know you all hate what we did to our app. We hear you. You know what?" We agree. We think it sucks, too. But we're not going to stop. And it'll probably get worse. Because we did some math. And we can make more ad money this way. Exactly. I hope this helps. Yeah. 
Well, and, and literally, here's the quote. Look. I need to be honest. I do believe more and more of Instagram is going to become videos. So bye-bye, yeah. I guess. Because the more people, it's, it's way more, it's, it's way stickier for, I mean, from, a, from an ad perspective, yeah. it's way, yeah. way easier. I mean, and there is a little bit, of, there, one lesson that, that YouTube didn't, you know, taught everybody else was YouTube tried to go to real names and the creators were up in arms and YouTube backed away. And it's why their comments are really bad. <laughs> like, you know, like if they, if they had just stuck with it, there was a, there was a hard road of, of two years to push everybody into, into something that would, that would um, bring calm, you know, to what they're doing. And uh, they didn't do that because they just didn't have the intestinal fortitude. So I think a lot of folks have made, have learned from that. And a lot of the, that team ended up everywhere. And I think that if they, I think the decision is not, they have to think about it, but once you go down the path, you just have to keep plowing forward, you know? I guess I, I guess I could countenance it if they're what they're saying is, look, uh, this is what we have to do to survive. But what it really looks like is we have no idea what we're doing, so we're just going to copy the hot thing right now, which is TikTok, and leave it at that. And well, we're, we're that not well. willing. I think the, data, the data is 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 on video side. There's, there's some of us. I mean, I've never put a video on Instagram, so I no, don't. But really, you've, I mean, like, you've been a long time supporter of TikTok. You you were one of the first people yeah. I know who said, "Look, this is gonna this is huge. This is amazing." Well, here, yeah. here's well, the thing, I, though. There, there's there's the product of Instagram, which was photography, and there's the fact that video is successful. The problem I have is that it's a site that was based on photography, saying, "You know what? Video is more successful." So, see ya. We're gonna do video. Exactly. It's like, okay, but like your photo site was also good. And just because video is more popular or hotter than photos doesn't mean that photos aren't good. And what you're really doing is saying, we've decided to throw this in the garbage to do this other thing. And like, I get it from a business standpoint, but it also shows you that their feeling about the value of what Instagram was is apparently like not very high because they just threw it away to do video instead. Yeah. And like well, both can be good, but Instagram is not willing to be second fiddle to TikTok. They would rather kill their existing product and replace and, it with TikTok. Yep. And the hardest thing about social media is is trying to figure out they I mean I, I think the part of their problem is is they they think that certain things are popular in TikTok and TikTok got to where it is by having a certain culture that's that's not necessarily easily reproducible, you know. So so I think that and Snap is the same way. They've survived because even though stories ended up everywhere and everything else, there's a certain culture that was built up in TikTok. The idea of kind of the mixing other people's content um, with your own, um, using other you know uh, music content, uh, you know all the early musically stuff that 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 came into it. It all built up into this into this culture that it does not exist in Instagram or in YouTube. So while th- there's a certain ex- acceptance of that excitement in that you want people want to be building off of each other. Some people only put up um, samples for other people to use. They don't even make their own videos. You know, they just put up stuff that people can use. And so, so that's a, that's a very different culture, I think. So it's not just vertical video and it's not just that you can scroll from one thing to the next. There's a lot of other things in TikTok that I don't see being reproduced by these other platforms because they can't, you know, because of their licensing. Is there a replacement? I mean, I tried glass, which I loved. It was very pretty, photographic, but it wasn't a social network. Oh, of the photos? Yeah. Um, I think Instagram needs to be a social network or, as well as a photo store. There's nothing to replace it. 
right? That's yeah. the part of the problem. No. Messages. We, and, we send, we send things to each other on messages. Yeah, but that's not a social <laughs> network. That's just your that's yeah. messages. It's, 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 not, it's not good for your parasocial relationships. They're parasocial, people, that's they're, right. They're, they're, they're friends and relatives that I will always be able to like send texts and messages to. But the thing is, they're people that are I consider friends that I either haven't met or maybe get to see maybe once a year, maybe right. once or twice a year. Right. And that's what Instagram is so really, really good for. How about good. Be Real? Have things. you guys played with the Be Real yet? That's all the... That's the hotness this week. I, I, when you, uh, for every time someone mentions one or I see it in the notes, I immediately try to register because I want to keep my name. Yeah. And uh, someone else already beat me to it. What? Like, how can Alex Lindsay? There's no other Alex Lindsay. uh, There are. There's, uh, there's like three, and the three of us are always like competing for who's going to get some Alex Lindsay. (laughs) So there's one as a photographer in London because he's Alex, Alex Lindsay won at, you know, something. And I was like, I got you. So anyway, the, um, but the, uh, um, there's only but, one Leo uh, Laporte ever. But there's a crazy one, and there's a crazy Alex Lindsay in Australia, and then there's someone who's the Earl of Crawford or whatever. And so, oh. so yeah. He's, <laughs> oh, you mean Lord Lindsay? Oh, yeah. I get emails, Alex Lord I get Lindsay. About sure. Yeah. The Garden. I, every once in a while, I get an email about the Garden, you know? And, and um, <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so the, um, but we're always competing for this. And I, so I went up there really quickly, jumped in, and the moment it asked me to take a picture, I took the picture and I realized it's taking a picture of me and I'm the other, it's yes. the other camera as well. It's not good. And I was like, nope. It's like, a, I was like, it's like, like terrible that was privacy. It. I, I didn't even, yeah. I couldn't get out. I was like, just quit the app, delete the app. Like, not interested. Like, yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm nope, in my nope. jammies. I didn't want that yeah. picture. And the thing is, it takes the picture with the front and the back camera. Yeah. So yeah, the idea was, is you're being real. And then you get this notification once a day and you have two minutes to take the picture so it's what you're doing right now the problem is if you don't want to do it and you take it later like i aunt pruitt posted his one minute late and then it scolds you it says oh that was one minute late (laughs) go to hell (laughs) i get i get i can see the business plan i can i I can see the the slides that's the problem you don't want to you shouldn't ever see the business plan yeah, but we can get past the, the, the artificialness of Instagram and past the artificialness of all these things by forcing people to just just jump into it. But but as someone, I was like, no, I don't, I'm not interested. It's like that. That's like the what was the one that was like place? Was it place or um, the one that there was, was path? Like, uh, your you think it passed? Path, that was yeah, it. Yeah. That was, that's I'm sad that went away because that was actually pretty mm-hmm. good. I took a couple of photos there and I was like and, and I got them, you know, like I don't post generally don't put pictures of my kids and I just took a couple pictures of me and put it on path and immediately was like, I don't want to play. Like, I just like, I was like, yeah, this yeah. eventually, you know, this is, this is a bad, yeah, this is yeah. a bad thought process. Yeah. Apparently, according to how many of me.com, there are 23 people in the U S named Alex Lindsay, but there is only one Alex Lord Lindsay. Well, there's like three in my family, or four <laughs> in my family. So this, <laughs> that's a very common. Name when I was a kid, the there were 21 Leo Laportes in the Providence phone book. So yeah. it's a good, it was a popular Canadian name. Yeah. French Canadian. Uh, what, where did you find that? In Providence. How many of me dot com? Scooter X oh, okay. in the chat room. Okay, How go. many of me dot com? Yeah. There's got to be more than that. Wolfram Alpha would tell you probably too. Uh, All right. Yeah. I think we've run out of stories. Did I miss, miss anything? Uh, we're getting down to talking about be real. That's pretty much as bad as you can get. Um, <laughs> can I, can I, I, can I have for one correction? It was 30 
pieces of silver, not 20 Thank pieces. you. Let's get that right. Okay. <sighs> because because if, if there's one person who's definitely going to correct you, it's people who know their Bible. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, uh, I was in the last uh, big trip we took before COVID. We were in the Garden of Gethsemane where those oh. 30 pieces of silver were uh, paid off. And uh, Take this cup away yeah. from me. You know, they say that the olive trees there are still the same ones 2,000 years later. They look 2,000 years old, but I don't know if they're yeah. the same ones. And then next to it, there's a church which has a big stone in it. That's where supposedly Jesus lay. He didn't. I don't know if he slept in the garden, but he he yeah. lay down while his while the disciples went off and partied, and uh, so that stone's there, and the, and the faith will come and they touch it. And Lisa went and touched it. She said, "Yeah, yeah." It's, there's a whether the vibes are from Jesus two thousand years ago, or but they were the eighteen million people who then touched it. I'm not sure, but yeah. there was definitely a vibe. Yeah. She said. If every, body part okay. of, if, if every body part of an apostle in a reliquary were actual, actually authentic, the apostles must have been like 80 foot <laughs> many, high. And many like finger bones. <laughs> many, yeah. many fingers. <laughs> uh, we did the whole thing, though, that, the, you know, all the in uh, Jerusalem visited all the spots. It was, yeah. It's amazing how crowded and touristy it is. But uh, that's, uh, you know. It's popular. I always think it's amazing when you're in the Middle East and you and you go to Middle East or in, in, in Italy or something like that and you go somewhere and you realize, oh, right, that's 2,000 yeah. years old yeah, like, yeah, yeah. or 3,000 yeah. years old. This isn't like no. this isn't like a in America. We just like no. something's 300 years old. You're like, whoa. Petaluma is yeah, full of antique stores with antiques that are, you know, from the 20s. Yeah. You know, this is not yeah. this is not the same. here. Have you yeah. been to the have you been to the antique in the military museum? Oh yeah, I told you. Oh Lisa's father is one of the that, yeah. storekeepers there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I thought that was amazing. Like yeah. you just go downstairs and it's just like this. What is? It? What am? Where am I? So <laughs> they have howitzers and tanks and grenades. It's <laughs> amazing. A whole museum thing with a jeep and a and a, like a like it's a the basement. plastic person and, yeah, in the basement. It's, 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 it's Petaluma. Come on, around. come we on down them. and visit us, kids. We also my, got chickens. Yeah, my kids, my kids, and my kids and I enjoy going to antique stores and and, and so it's just that's like the a best fun one, thing actually. to see all the. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good. The the, the Vallejo one's pretty good. It's pretty good. Antique. It's not. You don't go for real antiques. You go for you know. No, you just go to explore the past. Yeah. Like there's there's yeah. just so many. Like you're yeah. like, wow, this yeah. meant something. You know. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, and there, if you could feel vibes, which I can't, I guess you'd feel some yeah, vibes there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's do our picks of the week. That's next on Mac Break Weekly. Alex Lindsay, uh, Mister. Andy Anako and the fabulous Jason Snell. Starting with meeny meeny, we're gonna do picks of the week. Let's see. Mm, I don't know. Let's start with you, Jason. What's your pick of the week this week? All right, um, I've had this um, for those watching on video. I have a uh, original Mac behind me, and what you may not have noticed is there's a little plastic thing sitting there in front of it. I see it. This is the floppy emu. It is basically <laughs> like a little. Raspberry Pi-y kind of device. And what you do is you attach it to the floppy drive on the back of early Macs and stick an SD card inside. Um, and the SD card is full of disk images and it will boot the old Macs <gasps> off of the SD card. Just like and it's even a floppy. Better than that, oh and just like God. it's a floppy. Uh, it also is... Apple HD 20, I think, or HD 80 emulation. So you could attach hard drive, early hard drives via the floppy port. It also supports those. So you can really load any app you can think of that you find on the internet onto that one volume and have it accessible at one time. This is a an upgraded to a plus uh, version that is running um, 
it's 608, System 608. Wow. Um, so so not System 7. And that looks like Mac, um, right? You've got uh, I've got, that's actually Word 4 up Ooh, there because it gave fancy. me more typography uh, options. But uh, you can choose what you want. Pretty much all that old software is available to download on the internet now. And yeah, you, you just stick the SD card in uh, a Mac or a PC or whatever, and you can uh, open up the disk images and, and drop files into it and then stick them into the floppy emu. And the way it works is really clever. It actually has a little screen and some buttons. So when you turn it on, you can actually um, use the buttons on the floppy emu to decide which disk image you want it to mount. And then it mounts that and the Mac boots up and uh, and then you've just got a Mac. So basically it opens, if you've got a very old Mac, uh, it opens, uh, you don't need to find floppy drives or, or, or how do I get it, something into it, right, is always the question. Instead, the answer is copy it to an SD card and plug it in with the, uh, with the floppy emu. And if you're saying, I have an old Mac, but it's not that old, there is a project called Blue Scuzzy that does the same thing uh, with a Scuzzy drive uh, where you stick an SD card in it and then it emulates... Uh, the the SCSI version, but this is the floppy emu from the very aptly named bigmessowires.com. Yep, bigmessowires.com, <laughs> and they'll sell you the bare board, or they'll sell you a little kit with a little plastic container. It's great. It is it is awesome. If you've got a very old Mac and you are sad because it turns on, but all you get is the question mark, because you know that's uh, you don't have any discs for it. You lost your discs. This is actually my wife's college computer. Oh wow! Uh, from the late eighties, and um, does it go? And boop, it's, it still boop. works. Yeah, the whole thing works wow. great. So, how much is the BMO Floppy Mu Deluxe Bundle? One hundred twenty nine bucks. Is it one twenty nine yeah. or one twenty for the if you? And that's yeah. what I bought. But you can get the bare board for ninety nine if you don't want a case and so stuff like that. But is yeah. the where is the uh, is there a port on the back? Forgive me for not remembering that you could plug this. There's in. There's a floppy. There's a floppy port on the back of the of a lot of early Macs oh, okay. and also yeah. Apple IIs. And in fact, this will also work in an Apple II Plus with an adapter, nice. or an Apple IIe with an adapter, or on the Apple IIc. Although I think there's an adapter if you want to boot from from this. So a lot of old Apple stuff has that Apple floppy port on it, and this floppy emu will emulate any of them. Elisa, too. If you've got a Lisa, you can boot the Lisa from this thing. Wow. I wish I had a Lisa. Never could afford the Lisa. That would have been a nice thing to have. And kids, before you run out and spend 129 bucks on this and find your wife's old Mac Plus, you might want to go to archive.org and just run some of this old software to see... <laughs> Do you, do you of, really? Do you of really, course, really of course. You, all this stuff can happen in emulation, but I think part of the fun of having retro hardware, it's a, it's a shame if you've got an old Mac, yeah, you can you run it in emulation, it. Yeah. but if you've got an old Mac right. and it's just sitting there, I mean, there's nothing sadder than having an old Mac where there's nothing to boot off of. And it's just like, yeah. I know it turns on, but then what? And so this is an answer to that question. And after this has been in my garage for like 15, 20 years, um, and it's still booted up, but there was nothing for it to boot into. And now it's completely functional again, um, which is pretty awesome and fun. Well, you just made Rachel in our chat room happy. She says she has six Mac SEs. All the floppy drives are broken. She's very excited now. She can nice. get them booted up, and uh, you can make a, a cluster, cluster them together, and you can run uh, Dark Castle. Or- you can play NetTrek. NetTrek. <laughs> <laughs> Andy and Ako, pick of the week. Uh, mine is a fun one. Uh, it's, a, it's an app called AirShot, uh, and all it does is it will uh, 
create a uh, a new uh, desktop wallpaper based on aerial fo- aerial oh. photography of of your location. Oh, nice! So it uh, actually does a, a bunch of different things. You can either uh, always set it to whatever your location is. So if you've got like a MacBook and now you're in Dallas Fort Worth, as soon as you as soon as you set up in your hotel, it'll 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 change to like the the hotel uh, at Dallas Fort Worth. You can also select like random aerial photography or satellite imagery, uh, and it's just it's just an interesting little fun thing for those few of us that don't have their desktops completely covered by windows at all times uh and it's a uh, it's and it uh, operates through uh, it's an app it operates through a uh, menulet so you can set the preferences set features set exactly what it does how often it will change out uh stuff like that a little bit of fun uh, and also if you get it before the end of july this is the first anniversary of airshot and so they basically made it free uh, until the end of, end of july so you can download it and just have this, this fun little dingus just downloaded and installed it right as you spoke. I'm very excited. So I could, Wait. I could. Uh, let me see if I. Uh, where does it? Where I've opened it. Let's see. Where does it go? Is it? A, is it a, in the menu? Um, it should be in the. It should. Uh, when you run it, it should exist in the menu bar. Oh, it's a menu bar. Why well, everybody oh, no, does that now? Or, Why do that? You know. Yeah, uh, because you it's because. Making something run as a system extension is now way too much trouble oh, than it's worth. That's why, yeah. and if you make it and or if you want if you want it to behave like something that should be in system prefs, it's way more way too much trouble than it's worth. Uh, but if you uh, put it in the menu, it's it'll give you similar to this sort of thing. Yeah, there's my map. So now I right click and I can make it a uh, a wallpaper. Yep. Oh, that's cool, and it's free. And it's free for the for the end of the month. After that, I think it's it's not expensive. I think it's a few bucks. I've, I I can't remember, uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely worth it for free for a few bucks. It's also a, a nice little bit of fun. Like I said, I like I like these apps are just a little bit of fun. It's not gonna it's not gonna solve any problems for you. It's not gonna increase your productivity, but it's going to give you a, 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 a amount of pleasure commensurate with what you paid for it, uh, even if you paid like five bucks for it. Nice. Uh, Mr. Alex Lindsay saved the most expensive for last. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It depends on how long you keep it. Um, yeah. So I, I, uh, I really like listening to the news. I don't really like watching the news or, or reading the news that, that much. Um, and, uh, I was, you know, I listened to a lot of foreign affairs and one of the things that sponsors for it was news over audio. And so I kind of dive, dived into it and it's, it's pretty cool. If you like listening to the news, um, it's about eight bucks a month, I think. Um, you can test it for free, so you know you can you can try it and uh, and listen to it and see if you like it. But it's really high quality reads, um, and it's lots of different articles, Wired and Economist, and you know a lot of you know obviously foreign affairs and other ones. And so they, um, it's kind of a wide range of of magazines that you can um, that you can listen to, um, the New York Times and you know a lot of other ones. And so you can listen to those articles. Uh, while you're doing something else, and <laughs> is it uh, my, my strong preference? Is it a computer stuff. or is it? Uh... Uh, I have it on my phone, so okay. I listen to it on my phone, and I can make it go faster. But I mean, which is important. Who's me. reading? Is it a human or is it a computer? Human. It's Humans human. are reading at least or human. really good AI. Human. <laughs> so, so you know, like, but it's it sure sounds like a human, um, and uh, you know, it's it's and it's good. It's humans right now with good diction, and the reason that I'm touchy about that is that. 
um, a lot of audible things I stop listening mush to because mouths. I can't. I hate mush mouths. Well, I can't go. I can't. Well, they're mush mouths at a, at one point seven five x, and I can't understand no, that what they're work. saying. <laughs> so, so like I need. Uh, I need people to have a certain level of diction so I can read it at speed or listen to it at speed. Ah. Um, and so, um, so, so far I can listen to just about everything here. In fact, if you slow it down to one X, I, I always find funny audiobooks to be very funny at one X. I'm like, wow, that is super painful <laughs> like, yeah. you know, to, to, to listen to something at one X is really hard. Yeah. But, um, and so if, if someone doesn't really have great diction, I don't want to, I just want to not use it. Great so, diction. so far, yeah, diction is really important. And it's, it's actually why I like listening to Kindle is because the AI is super sharp, you know, you know um, as you know, far as that goes. Who probably has really good diction is Alex Lord Lindsay. I bet his diction is fantastic. <laughs> He's not very good at the R's, though. You know, uh, sure. uh, so, good. <laughs> in, his, in his kilt that he'll be, you know... <laughs> Where is this generation's Thatcher coming from? Because this is what Britain that's needs. That's it. Alex, yeah. Lord Lindsay on Be yeah. Real. You'll be amazed. Working classes are the working classes for a reason because they are meant to work. That unfortunately. is the voice you should the use. Flower, the, the Wi-Fi is not working. <laughs> WGBH in Boston would be very appropriate for public radio in Boston and the Boston Public Library. Andy Anako, when you can be on next. Uh, next Friday at uh, 12.50 or 12.45 uh, at the Boston Public Library. Go to WGBHnews.org to stream it live or later. We also have uh, – we're also streaming it on YouTube. So, again, I have to shave and comb my hair and that oh, kind of stuff. So that's that that's always fun. hate it. Yeah. <laughs> again, the video keeps chasing me. I keep trying to give me, give me a venue where I don't have to look presentable. But <laughs> no, unfortunately, I'm now expected to look like a human being who – takes care of himself and i don't know it's 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 a struggle leo yeah. it's a struggle i i have to take i have to take showers on tuesday mornings now thanks leo there you go ah, doing what i can for personal hygiene that's uh that's uh mr six colors is gonna be very busy on thursday make sure you go to six charts.com for all the color charts <laughs> showing you apple's uh, q3 2022 six of course he podcasts too and thanks to me and my hectoring he has added a page sixcolors.com slash podcasts lists all the podcasts yes you you said there was no page that said all the podcasts i was on and so now i th- i think it's like sixcolors.com slash podcasts you can go and you can actually see the list of all the podcasts that i'm on i bullied him into it well we're glad you're on this podcast anyway and thank you for shaving you, you select that menu, and suddenly the fans on your air, on your MacBook Air start spinning, spinning, spinning. <laughs> Too much to list. Too many to list. A lot of data. Oh, a lot of data. Scroll, scroll, scroll. <laughs> Alex Lindsay, 090.media is his day job, but most of the time you'll find him at officehours.global, uh, which we were all commenting on how great it is on the cruise. Uh, officehours.global is kind of just uh, your side gig i guess uh what's yes, going on i finish there? it by 9 a.m <laughs> yeah, <laughs> usually, yeah you know then i go yeah. back to work you so tested uh, microphones this week we we've been testing my i have i have i have so many i have microphones like all over oh the place we, i i order i have like six or seven of them and we've been it's really you know it's a really fun lab environment because i'm putting them together but there's like seven or eight people that are going well what about this and what about that and then there's people online that are watching that are putting going into the, the chat and the everything else and pointing out oh but, but we, we we need to test this and this is the wrong environment or switch over to this and so it's it's like a lab and it, we're just experimenting with this idea right now it's like a lab but it's like with a whole bunch of people all at one time and and it and i feel like we're learning a lot more 
together, you know, doing it that way. And so, um, so anyway, we sort of, yeah, What's your, do you have a best, do you have a favorite? Um, so it, you know, we, we've been kind of thinking through some of the requirements of what we need specifically. So it has to have USB, um, you know, and, and that, and oh, then, so you're testing for uh, zoom and Skype and podcast. Yeah, we're testing, kind of we're testing, we're trying like in what we're doing, yeah, what, yeah. what makes a difference there. Hours, and and yeah. so, and so one of the things that, you know, do I have to have a big dead that, cat like that? Yeah, like <laughs> Look that, at that blimp. <laughs> so Courtney, you know, so Courtney, by the way, you know, he, that, that, uh, who's on there, he, he, that's, he, he coined a new term of a wind weasel. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> a good a wind weasel. Cat. Yeah. A dead cat. He called it a wind weasel. Wind weasel. So anyway, so it's, which is very uh, apropos. Anyway, so, so the, um, uh, so we've been testing testing lots of mics because we're trying to, um, especially for Michael Krasny's show, we've been sending mics out. Like I don't want to have any, I don't want to yeah. listen to anybody's. Yeah, yeah. And we've been mostly still sending out the MV7. The MV7 is still kind of the leader, but it's two hundred fifty dollars. And so we've been looking at ones at one hundred and one fifty and two hundred, trying to find something like: do we just keep on buying the MV7s, or do we do something else? And, is the consensus yeah. that it's better to buy a mic with its own USB interface or have a pro mic with a set, uh, set of standalone USB? Well. The one that we like right now is is to do both. So the MV7 has yeah. an XLR out and a USB. That's and the, the nice sure. thing about that is that yeah. the Shure MV7, I can plug it in and it just works. If I get a better interface or I want to make it part of a round table or whatever, I have an XLR output that I, that I can use as well. So, oh, nice. so there's a couple of them, the both. MV7, the Samson. Yeah. There's a couple of these other ones that have, that have these outputs. And so we're, we're testing that. We're going to be testing that a little bit more next week as well. And so, um, yeah, so we're, and, and they're, they're working out great. Like all the stuff that we're recording on gray matter for, um, with, uh, Michael Krasny, we had Richard Haas, who's the, uh, president of council for of foreign affairs, <laughs> Michael Krasny's, um, his Rolodex is really deep in case you're wondering. Oh, and, I bet. Uh, yeah. So Richard Haas came on. He was like, I listen to foreign affairs all the time. And so the idea that the uh, president of the council on foreign relations who, who make, who creates, foreign, <laughs> I was, I was pretty excited. So anyway, so, um, so he came on talked about international stuff, but we send these mics out to everybody and uh, it just really peps up the show a lot, you know, nice. like to have great audio for every person. And, and so, but we want to keep on doing it. This is like, for instance, this one's, we call this the bling mic. So this is the, uh, um, earthworks makes this, and this is a, it's very pretty. Um, it is very pretty Shiny, and it sounds really good too. It, yeah, it, right. it really sounds good. It's just that it's a, for the kind of show that we're doing right now, it feels a little blingy, but if I wanted <laughs> bling, um, uh, it is, there's a lot of bling here. Um, so, uh, and, and you know, and so we have, you could you know, be Edward R. Murrow of, with that mic. You could really, yeah, go, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so anyway, so that we're having, we're having a lot of fun. Nice. Office hours dot global. Thank you all three. It's great to be back. I'm glad you were isolated far away from me so I could sneeze on you. Uh, but uh, we will be back again next Tuesday and every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1800 UTC. You can watch us stream it live at live.twit.tv. There's audio and video there. If you're watching live, chat with us live. The open chat room is irc.twit.tv. It's an IRC. Yes, it is. Uh, we do have a Discord, but that's for Club Twit members. Seven bucks a month gets you access to that. The Discord is really a fantastic place to hang out for all kinds of reasons, including at Ask Me Anything. We've rescheduled with you, Alex, for August 18th. So we're looking forward, looking forward to, it. to that. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of uh, fun. You also get ad-free versions of every show we do, which is pretty special. And you get the Twit Plus feed, which has unique content not available elsewhere 
Uh, all of that for seven bucks a month is one of the things uh, they told me on the cruise. It should cost more, but I said no. No, I said. It's just right. Twit.tv slash club twit. After the fact, of course, on-demand versions of the show available with commercials or without, depending on your club status. Uh, if you want, the, you want the free version, go to twit.tv slash mbw. All the shows are there. All, what is this, 800-some shows, some ridiculous number of shows we've done for Mac Break Weekly. And there's the new album art, too. I hope you guys like it. Uh, you can also get a copy of uh, the show from YouTube. YouTube has the videos. That's a great way to share. If you want to just send a segment of uh, the show to somebody, you can do it on YouTube. And, of course, uh, subscribing in your favorite podcasts. The best way to get my podcasts, Alex's podcasts, Andy's podcasts, Jason's podcasts. Uh, just go to your favorite. We like Pocket Casts, Overcast. Uh, Apple and Google have podcast apps and subscribe. That way you'll get it automatically the minute it's available. Oh, thank you, everybody. Now time to get back to work because break time is over. Bye-bye. Hey, I'm Rod Pyle, Editor-in-Chief of Ad Astra Magazine, and each week I join with my co-host to bring you This Week in Space, the latest and greatest news from the final frontier. We talk to NASA chiefs, space scientists, engineers, educators, and artists, and sometimes we just shoot the breeze over what's hot and what's not in space, books, and TV. And we do it all for you, our fellow true believers. So whether you're an armchair adventurer or waiting for your turn to grab a slot in Elon's Mars rocket, join us on This Week in Space and be part of the greatest adventure of all time.